Hey, this is Adam. And Matt. And here's what's coming up on this week's CarCast. I did about, I don't know, four laps. He was standing there. I was kind of taking it easy a little bit because, A, it was a you know, 1960s Mopar. <laughs> and, B, the guy who owned it was, like, standing, you know, standing there. And then I came in, and he said, hey, man, get on it, man. Like, why aren't you pushing it? Why aren't you <laughs> flogging it harder? And I said, all right, well, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. We, we, only, we only have yeah. crappy footage because it's from the show. <laughs> yeah. And so all the footage they have is, like, the one where they have the car in front of you. They, there's a car in front of you with a camera, camera jib guy. on it. So Some guy hanging off the back with like a so harness you're going, belt. You're only going 40 camera. miles an hour. so there's, and He can't go any faster, yeah. so you can't go any faster. Just lap the guy. Forget the camera shot. <laughs> exactly. Listen for free through iTunes, the free Adam Carolla app, or visit acecarcast.com. Broadcasting Network. Allison Rosen, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison, with her good times never end. Allison Rosen, doing the way that's dance again. Allison Rosen, Allison's your new best friend. Hey everyone, hi, hello, it is me, Allison Rosen, your new best friend, and welcome to Allison Rosen is your new best friend. My guest today is Kevin Pereira. Thank you guys. He's the one who was air drumming along with the song. Oh my God, how did I do? Really good, really well. When is that going to be downloadable on Rock Band? Like any minute now? I'm going to go to Craigslist buy some friends and we are going to have a rock band party do they sell friends on craigslist yeah hourly sure okay let's do it we could rent them yeah rent to own friends and also joining us is gary producer gary who's always joining us what's up however last night when we did this show even though it's not daily it's weekly but we have been we've we've been on like a recording don't pull back the curtain don't shatter that fourth wall. Oh, I, I have already. This though. is live for everybody right it, now. I'm like the person, I o- opened up the curtain and then I came out and I took a crap in front of it. <laughs> oh, that's that's nice. my thing. That's nice. Yeah. You could have done that behind the curtain and then opened it up to reveal the steaming dump. But that's. Maybe I. Oh, I like that pageantry. That scatological pageantry. <laughs> I know. See, that's why you're where you are. I don't mean to be a stage mom about defecation, but I, I, <laughs> I, know. I take it very seriously. I felt a little bit like you were getting too involved when you were standing there pantomiming, like, oh, doing the whole. Yeah, you know? was, I, was I like, really, I want yeah. you to know because you got to sell like, it. I know you gotta, what the move is. Uh, but it, you weren't bending the knees enough. You really got to make it seem guess, like your whole yeah. body is involved in the movement. You're right. I looked like I was sort of like doing a camping. Someone didn't have their go go juice. <laughs> <laughs> Honey Boo Boo Child. Yeah. What is that? God, toddlers and Tierras? Oh my God. The it's worst. Awful. The worst, best thing ever. I know. Yeah. I know. So, anyway. Sorry. Yeah. I, no, no, it's okay. I just want to explain to the listeners that I'm encouraging Gary to chime in more, although he can't hear me right now because he's handling phone stuff. He can but too. He can't. Okay. There, there he goes. Yeah. So, I want. He, he feels weird about inserting his voice in the Well, I think show. that was enough for this episode. Thanks, Gary. Thank you. That was I could have done with a little less, actually. I'm not going to disagree with you. I know. Is he taking a crap behind a curtain? What's going on back there? Look, you've cracked him up. <laughs> it's fun to make Gary laugh. So anyway, we've got a packed show for Woo! everyone. We're going to do some just some talking with Kevin. We're going to find out all about him, including more stuff about relationships. Ooh, yes. We, uh, we may do the topic sombrero. We're going to do just me or everyone. We're going to take some of your calls. We're going to talk about an array of other things. And I have to tell you guys that I'm very excited that we're going to do a segment 
called Things You Never Hear People Say, which is, uh, so I used to do a show called Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend, which is the name of this show. I used to do a version of this show on Ustream, and this is a segment that I used to do when I did the show on Ustream and when I lived in New York, and Alfred Schultz would uh, call in or would come by and we'd do the segment, and we're bringing it into the now onto this podcast. Um, and- oh, that sounded like that was an intro music cue. Like, we're bringing it now. Oh, yeah, no. I meant it more like... You never hear people say... I meant more like we're bringing it into the now, like, in um, 20 seconds after that. Oh, Go, it. Gary! Things you never hear people say Ask them on your way As you go throughout the day Things you never hear people say Alfred? Yes. Hello. How you doing? I'm good. I'm so excited to hear your voice and to have you on my show again. Yeah, I'm pumped to be here. Um, So you're you're talking to me and you're talking to Kevin Pereira of G4's Attack of the Show. Hello, Alfred. How's it going, Kevin? Going very well, thank you. So awesome. Alfred not only is a is a cataloger of things you never hear people say, but he's a producer over at. It's okay to talk about what your job is, yes? Absolutely not. Uh, yes, of course. At Sirius on Pete Dominic's show. Which yes, is, what's it called? Pete Dominic at Sirius XM. How's that going? Is your life um, better than awful. it was when? Just awful, <laughs> uh, miserable. Um, really, don't want to talk about it. No, it's going great. Uh, you know, it's mainly politics, but Pete is a contributor at CNN, and he also works on the Colbert Report. And uh, you know, we talk politics and try to have a little bit of fun along the way. Well, that's beautiful. And and for people who are Red Eye fans, um, Alfred is the brother of Bill Schultz, who's on Red Eye. That's right. I live in the huge shadow of Bill Schultz and Pete Dominic. You could be <laughs> trivia on his IMDb page, though. That's that's something. That is something. I feel like Bill's shadow is would be kind of small, actually. They both are kind of diminutive people, so mm-hmm. it's not... Uh, I'm still getting a little bit of tan in this shade, but uh, <laughs> not too bad. Good. So, do you have some things you never hear people say for us? I guess, although you kind of... Uh, I like uh, lowering any expectations, because you said I catalog them, which is not exactly case. I'm a little rusty. Um, and of course, that's my way of just, um, you know, making excuses if these aren't funny at all. I mean, we so. don't have to do it if you don't want to. <laughs> all right. Well, then I guess I'll see you guys well, it's later. Good talking Thanks. to you. Uh, Bye. Pleasure to meet you. Cue that theme song. Fun, Here yeah. we go. <laughs> no, let's do them now. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. I know that when we used to do the Ustream show, we play the song in between every single thing, but I think that we should just play it one more time and then we're just going to let you just Go, just run with it. Just go. Yeah, okay. so let's hear the song again, though, because I do love the songs. Okay, it's a wonderful song. Things you never hear people say When you pass them on your way As you go throughout the day Things you never hear people say Okay, hit it. Oddly, I think that's a Dylan cover. All right, um, <laughs> so, all right, here we go. That bagel place put just the right amount of cream cheese on my bagel. <laughs> De Niro gets better with age. Oh, <laughs> President Obama is a Muslim, but you know what? I'm totally cool with that. <laughs> that Russian guy smelled great. <laughs> MySpace me. Oh. And this is the last one I did. Uh, my favorite form of birth control is the female condom. <laughs> Those are great. See, you're not rusty at all, Alfred. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. So if people no want to, um, what, follow you on Twitter, what's your, is that what we should throw out? Or sure, is there anything you want to plug? Absolutely. It's uh, uh, Alfred Schultz. There's no T in Schultz. So it's A-L-F-R-E-D-S-C-H-U-L-Z. 
On Twitter. Excellent. On Twitter, yeah. All right. Well, or just, you can just follow me. Um, I'm going to be heading on the, uh, the M train soon, so feel free to follow me there. Okay. In Manhattan. Yeah. So. There's many ways to follow you. Yeah, and if you could leave your blinds cracked just a little bit for the real fans out there, that'd be nice. That's right. All right, definitely. Okay. Bye, Alfred. Thank you. All right, thanks, guys. See you. Bye. All right, see you. Aww. It makes me nostalgic yeah. for my old friends and old life and such, even though things are gangbusters out here. Right. right. Now, you... Well, when are you going to fly them on out or have them on out? Or... I know. A, a long step? time ago, there was, well, when I first moved out here, or back out here from New York, it was like, what are we going to do about the show? And then... I swear I'll never forget you. Bye. Yeah. As you hop a train and slowly go away and then right. delete them from your phone and wife. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And now I don't... Well, it's nice know. to throw them that bone, though. That was yeah. nice of you. That's no, sweet. we used to joke about uh, like getting everyone out in a van, and then we'd do the show out here. That but was, the, that was we would... the aspiration, mm-hmm. was like, uh, one of these days, man, we're going to get a van. <laughs> yeah. We're going we're gonna to get a sweet windowless van. We're all going to drive around, mm-hmm. and we're going to have a podcast. Yeah, exactly. See, uh, we, we thought small. But here you are. With none of that. <laughs> well, we can get, let's go get a van. Okay. Let's go to Hertz. We'll pay an extra three bucks for the insurance and then just trash it. I wouldn't even want a van. That's mm-hmm. the thing. No. I, like, I feel like you, there's no, we were talking earlier about cars. Yes. There's probably very little enjoyment driving a van. No, there's not. Like who, like people who drive vans want to be able to rape on a mm-hmm. whim. Sure. They want to be able to it's move convenient. stuff. Yeah. Why else would someone have a van? Yeah, I don't know. Other than just to get awkward stares when you park it next to a playground, right? For <laughs> hours at a time, right? Yeah, that's I mean, about I guess you, a news van, like for equipment, you could, you might need it because you could be. You know what? This is what you should do mm-hmm. if you want to be a creep: get a news van, and then you can park wherever you want. Right. And people will just think, ooh, there's something going on there, when really it's just you beating off in there. Right. And using the satellite dish to hopefully broadcast that imagery exactly. across the country. Exactly. <laughs> so. Also, before the show, we were talking about your girlfriend's small dog. Yes. And, well, That's not a euphemism. She has a, uh, <laughs> she has a wiener dog, a dachshund. Mm-hmm. I hate those things. Why? They're I thought just, you liked small dogs. I thought they were bred as a joke. I like, <laughs> I like the size of a small dog. I don't like the wiener dog in particular. They just make no sense to me. They seem, they seem like a geneticist and a mad scientist teamed up to create a dog that has no purpose other than to whine. That's all it is to me. But also, it's a little whining rat named Mrs. Pennyapple. Who, who <laughs> Mrs. is Mrs. So, so Pennyapple. It's a she. Uh, yeah. Um, I think it's a Family Guy reference. Okay. Um, and the other morning, uh, taking her out at about 6 a.m., she decides this is the morning she's going to be the asshole that I know she is and tear off down the street. Oh. So me, in my boxers, running down the street, screaming, Mrs. Pennyapple! <laughs> like, chasing after small wiener dog, emasculating enough. Having mm-hmm. to scream Mrs. Pennyapple in your boxers... Also emasculating. It's like, true. And then be honest, there were two kids playing football in the front yard of the house three doors down that were like, that's the guy from G4. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, hey, I'm the van guy. I know. <laughs> I know. Just trying to get my dog so I can go beat off again. Right. Uh, it was awkward to say the least. And what made it even worse was that she was now, she knew clearly I was upset. She was about to run into oncoming traffic and I was doing the penny, get back here. You know, the kind yeah. of like the way a, a mother yells at her child. Right. At like there's no, fool, no, no messing yeah. around. You're not this getting point. a lollipop. Now get over here. Yeah. You know? And so I'm yelling at her and she's clearly sensing I am not happy with her, mm-hmm. so she's cowering away. So I had to fake as if I had a treat in my hand for her <laughs> and say, oh, no, just Miss Penny Apple. Oh, and then she goes, oh, great, I'm being rewarded. And then I had to snatch her up, and I just felt like 
such an asshole. Yeah. At 6 a.m. in my boxers, screaming at a dog, then pretending I have a treat when really I'm grabbing her by the scruff and throwing her back into the van. Did she Very seem frustrating. Sh- <laughs> Very frustrating. Did she seem shocked by the niceness and oh, then the anger yeah. so the fast? Turn of events, the turn right. of events was crazy. But, That's but, crazy making for a dog. But my girlfriend is, is insane for uh, a myriad of reasons. But <laughs> one of them is that she's kind of trained her dog. Uh, I guess now it's our dog. Gross. I don't like the way that sounded. Um, Which part of that did you not the like? The our how dog? It... I don't okay. like that. I'm not a fan of that. Um, All we're right. Gonna, we're just going to roll that. We're going to cut that out of the podcast, right? Sure. Three, two. So my girlfriend has this dog and she's trained it to look pathetic because the dog will whine to try to get attention. But the moment she makes like sad pouty eyes or kind of lowers her head down, then she goes, oh, look at you. You're so adorable and gives her the attention that she wants. Yeah. So she's encouraging. And she perpetually looks emo. She looks like she's a (laughs) Linkin Park song away from cutting herself. (laughs) She had thumbs to hold the blade. And it's (laughs) so frustrating because people think like we're terrible dog owners because this dog constantly looks sad. Right. It's really tragic. But I guess I reinforce Meg the exact same way. So that's why she looks so scared and sad all the time as well. (laughs) At least that's what I'm going to do to justify that. Now, see, if I were to see your dog, would I also be like, oh. I mean, I could I could pull it up. It won't be fun for the for the kids listening, but I could show you photos that will that will melt your proverbial heart. I mean, let's let's do that because then they'll be able to tell from the way I sound what's going on. Now, I have to be careful because my phone is loaded with visual landmines, um, photos of gaping, uh, murder. Uh, all sorts of really delicious things because I have coworkers that love to snag iPhones right. and go through them. I just learned about, uh, I mean, just a few months ago, Goatsy. Oh, wow. I know. I'm late to that what about one. The, have you been welcome to the lemon party yet? Uh, that that I know okay. about, yeah. All right. The blue waffle, special fried rice. No, and all, I would like to preface this by saying just, the fact I would like to remain unaware. Oh, <laughs> for the record, that was the first That's photo really of Mrs. Penny Apple that oh. I had. On my phone. Yeah, she is an asshole. I want to punt her. Okay, um, I don't want it. What's that blue thing you said? Blue waffle. Blue waffle. Yeah, yeah I like don't to. Google I don't want to know. Oh, that's the thing with all of these. What are they? Memes? What would you call them? Yeah, uh, shock this, sites slash yeah. memes. Yeah, blue you, waffle you, you isn't don't, quite a meme. No one, no one's taking the time to put text around it. Well, you could just tell me what it is. Well, it's or maybe you can. You can't. I mean, it looks like a grenade went off in a meat market. Okay. Expired meats, but it's a it's a it's the lady's uh, feminine parts. Like a really close up photo. Real close up of a real. Oh special. God! Did you look? Did Gary you pull it must up? have. Why, why did you? Why did you not heed the warning, Gare? How Gare? can you not? I, it's like part of me. If someone says you don't want to Google this, right? You have to. It's a challenge. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm the opposite. I'm not that way. It's if someone's like, don't look at this cute duckling. Siri, show me a blue waffle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's see what happens. Let's just see. I'm sure she knows. Now she. Now we're waiting. Right, here we go. It's. Yeah. It's funny when we're doing the Adam Carolla show. Oh, it found, it found a restaurant blue cherry yogurt bar. Oh, which I guess it kind of looks like as well. Don't Google it. Just save I your won't. soul. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. Do you have a high tolerance for that stuff? Like I have a very at... no, 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 no. Oh, really? I have a low tolerance for disgusting See, things. I was a child of the internet in many ways. Mm-hmm. So like, I was nine years old and was dialing into Russian bulletin boards, and people would be saying, "Don't look at this," and right. I would immediately download it on my slow ass modem, and I would wait to see what it was. So I was desensitized. Yeah. At an incredibly young age, which for a while seemed like a. Almost like a superpower. Right. You can show me anything. I don't know. That's just pixels on a screen. That's not even real. Is that two dogs? I don't care. She looks like she's having fun. (laughs) I want that van someday. It's aspirational. (laughs) And 
it now I realize, oh my God, I scarred myself mm-hmm. like from nine to 14 on everything from rotten to style project to you name it, just right. constantly ingesting media that has made me so desensitized to it. It's really, it's kind of sad. It's like your brain has no foreskin. Yes. You're chafed. You're right. Um, or callous, really. You now see, can you handle, like, could you watch a beheading or? Yeah. Really? That's a, yeah, that's, well, that's, a, that's an appetizer Jerry's on this prefix menu. That's, that's a warm-up. Well. Yeah. Has everyone watched this kind of stuff on the internet? One time, because I try to stay away from it, and I accidentally saw there was a video of a soldier, like, throwing a puppy off a cliff or something. Oh, yeah. That, that was an American soldier. Yeah. In the USA. Yeah, go us. I saw that. And <laughs> they hate I, our freedoms. Yeah, I can't, uh, I try to stay away from all of that stuff because it's just too upsetting to me. Yeah, I don't take any joy in it, but I what Kevin said resonates a lot with me. Mm-hmm. I was a child of the internet too, and anytime I saw you don't want to see this or this is only for eighteen and over, I was straight for it. Right. So. Yeah, I just um, I love having oh. weird imagery and videos on my phone because I love pulling them up and then throwing them at people like I yeah. just did. Like you for just you. did to me. Yeah, yeah. and that's this is a, this is a warm up. This is a. You know, on the color-coded threat alert scale, this is this is blue. This is pink. You haven't hit orange terror alert plaid status. That's that's a warm-up. That's a softball. So if you want to continue, no, I'd okay. like to stop right here. <laughs> this is like a you sort win five hundred dollars in a trip a, to nowhere. A tan, attractive-ish man who mm. looks bored, like he's checking his text messages, but right. he's not. If his text messages were, if by checking text messages you mean putting his penis inside of a. A smaller a, a, woman. Ro- a rotund mm, little rotund person. Is good, yeah. Who's uh, very, she doesn't have much of a tan. Nope. The nope. disparity in skin tone. It's nice. And, and now is she enjoying this or is she thinking of England? Hard to tell. I don't think she knows what England is or, or, or what it is. Right. Um, so no, I don't think that's it. I think she's Thinking hears, of being counter height. She just hears wind chimes in her head. You think? That's it. Just wind chimes and she's seeing animated bluebirds fly around the room. That's about it. <laughs> That's what I imagine is going on inside of that head. Why does he look so bored, though? Well, I mean, wouldn't you? I don't think he's I mean, excited about I've that day, right? I've never had a penis, and I've never had sex with a small, with a midget. Right. I mean, at that point, little person. I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather put it into a fence. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's he's not having fun. But we had fun, right? We that, ha- was, that great. was fun. That's what matters. That was fun. But I think that it, that our fun that involves disgusting images should just stop right there. All right. Well, yeah. we found See, our tolerance too, level. <laughs> yeah, I'm too sensitized. I just hear about them and I'm like, ugh. But I think that's I think that's normal and probably very healthy. But I take joy in being able to like to to know what goatsy like I take joy in here's the thing. I take joy in being a know it all. Sure. But I have a very low tolerance for visual right. images. Well, and that's what the to thing. do? Like, Goatsy, you can be told what it is, but it's like, it's like the Matrix. You have to experience it. You really have to see it to get right. what's going on. No one's really ready for the gaping orifice. Right. And see, I guess that's kind of the whole thing with movies or moving images or just imagery in general is mm-hmm. that it really gives you an experience that words can't match. Yeah. Well, there's it's a, like a sensory a, there's sort a, of thing. A photo is worth thing. a thousand words or yes. something. So a movie is worth... A whole shit ton right. more words. Mm-hmm. That's how great my math skills are. That yeah, because you didn't go to college. No, I did not. No, I said. But goodbye. look, it hasn't held you back at all. It, sure. it would seem. <laughs> sure. Would you ever surface. wish you? Wait, but I thought that do you? I thought that you did you go to college for a little while in San Francisco? Uh, well, I got a grant to the Academy of Art, which I put up with for about three or four weeks, and then mm. couldn't stand it. it how was come? Just, because they were telling me at the time, um, you know, you have to learn film. 
you have to learn how to edit film. You have to learn how to load film. And I went, in order uh, to be what? To, to the be host a of film? a show on G4? Well, I was going for filmmaking, yeah, right. in production. And they said, well, you have to be well-rounded. So one of the things you have to do is learn how to cut on a steam beck. I'm like, mm. what? Looks, uh, is I'm, that a ship? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I don't know what that is. I mean, I can give a Cleveland version of that, but I have no idea what a steam beck is or why I need to know what it is. Right. You, know, you have to respect the edit. Okay, I guess that's one way to do it. Or I could make 40 edits in Final Cut in the exact same time and pick the best one. I get the principles behind mm-hmm. what you're teaching me, but I've got a limited amount of time to learn this digital thing. Mini right. DV was just sort of taken off. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you're crazy if you think film is where it's going to be. I mean, film will become a, a niche. Like, it's, it's going to go this way. Yeah. And they did not like that attitude. And right. um, so I, yeah. I, I very angrily left very quickly and came to be a PA. And now they have my name. I've asked them to remove it from their promotional <laughs> literature as, uh, you know, Kevin Pereira attended Academy of Arts. I'm like, oh, but I hate you. So please don't use my name. <laughs> right. I do you, everything you did was wrong. Do you feel like academics are sort of the like the the latest adopters? Of new technology? Um, You know, it used to be that way. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Now I believe they're embracing it because they can teach so many more things so much quicker to so many more people. And they can really, you know, get get involved there. Um, You know, I just think that for certain certain applications, yeah, by the time it reaches a school, it's a little too late to learn it. Um, You know, for some things, absolutely, you can go in and, and, and get a crash course, and that's good, and it will serve you. But I think the best education you can get is by doing. Mm-hmm. Um, not for things like heart surgeons. You know, you <laughs> right. shouldn't learn on the fly. You should probably read a textbook or two and take a midterm and, mm-hmm. you know, go do some bong rips with the boys and have that college experience. But I think for other jobs, thankfully for mine, I think it was one where I could hit the ground running and just get my foot in the door and then claw the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really interesting that you were able to know, at a, to sense at a young age, that oh, this is the direction it's going versus respecting the edit on a um, ship so (laughs) but how so how did you know and like how did you get into technology and all that stuff um what's your story oh well yeah i was uh (laughs) i was running bulletin boards when i was like nine years old which was you really yeah yeah what what was your name at a young age uh, it was immortal yeah that's that yeah it came to dark and it's soulful very i like it yeah and then at some point i graduated to intercaps so every every uh vowel was lowercase to let you know just how fucking elite i am is that l-e-e-t yeah or one three three seven okay yeah i don't even need letters i'm using numbers i know fucking elite it's crazy right yeah, but I bet you were too cool to type out stuff on a calculator and turn it upside down oh, and no, show your boobless? friend. Yeah. Yeah. Boobless was where it's at. <laughs> but no, That's I, right. I ran these bulletin boards where, you know, this was back when the internet really was. I mean, it was kind this of there. This is when there, people didn't know what that was. But yeah, it really didn't it was, exist. It was and, just the province of dorks. Oh, exclusively. Yeah. yeah. And, and especially the bulletin board scene because you had to have a real knowledge just to get a modem to dial out and connect to somebody else's computer right. required. Yeah, it's, and it had that like cat being sodomized sound to it. Oh, plus yeah, someone it, playing ping yeah, pong. Yeah, it sounded like a robot being raped in a garbage disposal. That's so much better. That yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then there you go. And then and, but then when it connected it was like that uh, delicious Yeah. Sound. And then I'm in the refractory period. <laughs> it's very Pavlovian to me, just because mm-hmm. you know I came of age to modem. So if I hear a handshaking signal, I will sport four inches, <laughs> like no problem. It's really a problem, actually. Yeah. Um, but I did this bulletin board thing, and then I, I developed a love for communicating and reaching out to people. And that Wait, was really, when you were nine. Yeah, when I was nine. How were you introduced to it? And were you on Mac Classics at that? Oh, that was incredibly unprofessional of me. Batman, okay. my Batman Spider Man ringtone. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you really live it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not a joke. Were you on a Mac Classic at that point? Or I was, no, like I was a 2C on a, a, or? a 486 DX266 with 
Four megs of RAM. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, it was hot. It's a PC clone. Is what oh, okay. It was. Like a shitty scrap together computer. Gary knows what that is. Yeah. Thanks, yeah, Gary. Absolutely. Did you push up your glasses too when you nodded? You're like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, sounds good. Mm. So, uh, okay. So at nine, how did you discover this? Was someone in your family into this? Uh, no. My, my family was complete Luddites. They still don't really know what I was doing or how I was doing it or how computers work to this day. And this is in Northern California? Yeah, Northern California, a small little town called Antioch. And it was like either, well, you could do a lot of drugs with your friends Mm -hmm. or go graffiti a wall, or you could really invest yourself into this technology thing and see what's happening. And I was very fortunate that a... It was one of those sort of um, those outlier moments where a guy at my school, his dad worked for Pacific Bell at mm-hmm. the time, and they had one computer with a spinach green screen and this giant refrigerator-sized modem device, and they said, well, we don't know how to use this really at our school, so we're going to just put it in the computer lab, um, which was filled with like old apples and stuff. Right. And, and they said, so if anybody wants to try to figure it out, go ahead. And by the end of that week, I was showing my teachers how to email the president. You know, it was oh, just that's like, so cool. Yeah, we were just downloading. like war games. It was really amazing. <laughs> like downloading smile dictionaries, like, uh-huh. like emoticons and going, oh, that does look like Abe Lincoln blowing a kiss if you turn your head sideways. <laughs> and it was like, wow, what a precursor to, you know, memes and to right. what's happening today. Like it was, it was on the forefront of that. And it was fascinating to me. And to be able to have conversations with physicists and chemists and, you know, political leaders and thought provokers who were really the ones using the network at that time. Mm-hmm. It was an amazing wealth of knowledge. Like I was I gravitated towards it immediately. Now, did this I, I was kind of joking when I said nerds and dorks earlier, mm-hmm. but did this make you a nerd or a dork? No, it didn't. I mean, I had very nerdy uh, and like uh, I gravitated towards the nerdier side mm-hmm. of it, hacking and whatnot. But I mean, at the same time, I was using computers to make music and connecting with people in a very social way, like organizing gatherings in my hometown. And um, I also had a side business. You were like meetup. Pretty much, yeah. And I I printed out a whole lot of uh, fake celebrity pornography and put it in binders and would sell it to guys at like the local music and more shop to get drumsticks and stuff like that. Did you do those Livia Munn photos? No, no, I think those those are those are done by hand. I think those are those are photoshopped with care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been brilliant enough to make up that shit. Right. <laughs> that was that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, but but going back to uh, you, all the stuff that you did. So, okay, what was high school like? Um, high school was a blur. It was awesome. I ran an internet service provider. Um, created that because we didn't have that in our town with a, another friend. And so I was I was working like mad while also doing, you know, I, I, how do you like how does one create an Internet service provider? Um, you meet somebody that wants to do it and hopefully they have a couple bucks to start it up. Mm-hmm. And at the time you were you could compete with the AOLs of the world because wow. in our in our little town of Antioch and Brentwood and Oakley, there was no AOL presence, really. So we launched with a rack were- of modems and started selling subscriptions. Were you like a monopoly? Um, for a minute there, yeah. We built it to almost 90,000 customers. Wow. And, but I had, I had a sweet gig. How, I big, would be, how many people were involved in this? Um, not that many, actually. Because didn't you need people who could handle service calls and things? Yeah. I mean, we had a couple technicians that could go out. I myself would be up at you know, 3 in the morning on a, on a Friday trying to make phone calls to moms who couldn't connect to the internet. This is when you were in high um, school. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, That's really was, cool. It's Does a everyone know about ride. this? I, th- I think some people do. I refuse to believe anybody cares, so I appreciate you asking. Okay, because ta- I care. Well, it's fun to talk about it. Okay, it's, good. It really is like it's, it was a wild ride. I didn't recognize it at the time mm-hmm. that this was uh, weird, you know, yeah. not the norm. It right. was just like, well, this is what I'm doing, and I have my little nerdy thing going on here that's a business. I'm making little web shows over there because I had all this bandwidth at the time right. when internet video was really expensive. 
Um, and then I had my jazz slash death metal band. What, what so was, I was that band all over called? the place. Uh, there was a couple. One with the, the the fusion sort of band was Sofa Kingdom. Uh huh. Yeah, oh, we nice. were really clever and on the edge. <laughs> we were on the pulse there. <laughs> but it was awesome. I mean, I was just kind of I would if I was interested in something, I went and did it. And, and you played drums. Yeah. In that? Yeah, drums and keys. Do you still play drums? I do. Yeah. Do you have a drum set? I do. I have a nice Roland electronic kit that I. Uh, oh. I just uh, I, well, it's for the sake of the neighbors. Mm-hmm. I keep yeah. it electronic. Yeah. But I just uploaded a video to, uh, to YouTube the other day to say, hey, Skrillex, let's jam. And it was me rocking out to one of his tracks. And, you know, now he connected with me on Twitter. So I think we're going to be doing that soon. Like, That's awesome. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. I played drums as well, although yeah. I haven't played in a while. But uh, What was your kit? Oh, it was just a, an old Yamaha. That's all right. Five yeah. piece? Seven piece? Five piece. You didn't have the giant 40 piece where you're surrounded in I did a not globe. have the rack mount. <laughs> yeah. A sphere, a Neil Peart sphere yeah. with symbols everywhere. Exactly. No, like, I never. like a guitar center threw up I didn't. on you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so I played drums um, and then for like a minute I was the drummer in our band and then I thought I was moving uh, and so I told them that and I don't even know if we had our first show scheduled yet. <laughs> so I, so then they, like when I came back, I, I went up to Northern California and then I realized no I'm not going to move here actually this is a longer story uh it's like one of those hiccups in your life where like oh it could have gone that way but it it didn't yeah so then I came back and they had a drummer who was much better than I ever was that Um, bitch or that was it a dude it was a dude yeah that asshole no it's okay though because he's cool he's a good guy he's a good guy and I'm trying to back you up here. Do I, I want know. to hate him or love him? You can love him because because they knew that I played guitar as well. So then I became the guitarist in the band. Oh, look at that! And it was so much better because there's so much less equipment you have to carry around. Your shows. It's the drums are the fucking worst. I like to just if there's a, a kit somewhere, I like to just go play it. But I don't want to have to be responsible for it. That's a, I've been trying to get them to bring a, a drum set into here. You should I know? But there's these fucking cars everywhere. Well, even a little rolling kit, nice and tiny. You tuck mm. it away. A little electronic kit. You know, we we need that. You need that. You we need, need that. that. Yes, I know. and it's drums. It's not like you're putting a harpsichord in here. You can have drums in cars, right? You know, it's a manly instrument. Yeah, it really is. No, it's true. Okay. You're right. I'm. Yeah. It's not. I'm not like let's bring in a piccolo. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that. So the name of your band was Sofa Kingdom. Yeah. But what was the name of your ISP provider? East County Internet Services. ECIS. It's not very sexy. No, it wasn't at all. It wasn't my idea. So then what happened? Okay, but so it that's worked, high though. School. It was in the name. Right. You knew it. So were you making a ton of money? Uh, nah, not a ton. It wasn't... I feel like I'm asking Adam questions now. See, I feel like, okay, I'm, I'm going to pull back the curtain Uh-oh. a little more. Oh, here we go. Curtain Wait. a little more. Oh, who took a steaming shit that behind was me. that curtain? Oh. It was me. You yeah. sold it. But look at my, like, I, I'm doing, I did a good, um, what's our, like a round off at the end. Yeah, a gymnast. I'm sticking the landing. Yeah, stuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... If there's a certain type of question as an interviewer that I veer towards, it's questions about sex. Okay. And if there's a certain t- type of question that Adam... It's money and... It's money. Okay. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying I'm asking an Adam question. Got it. Mm-hmm. Got it. Oh, are you still asking the question or yeah, are you retracting the question? Oh, like the secret? I'm drawing well, it towards me. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah, because it seemed like it was like, no, no, no. That question, boom, we're shooting that out of the sky. We don't want the answer to that. But, no, 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 I do. Yeah. I, I just had to I just had to back up a little bit and ruin any sort of momentum that we had. No, good. Well, that's, yeah. that's Were you making a ton of money in high school with your I'm Monopoly? I'm sorry, I'm staring off into the ceiling now. Um, <laughs> no, you know what? I did I did great. For, I mean, for a high school kid, I had yeah. a really sweet job. I was able to get the sweet Firebird with the T-tops and put enough street that's glow awesome. in it that I looked like a retarded Christmas tree that's, whenever see? I turned on music. That's so cool. Um, yeah, no, That's was, so much better than my job as a greeter at Sam Goody. Yeah. Hi, welcome to. Hi, thank. Thank you for. Hi, welcome. Hi. 
That's what, why I didn't do you, very well. What, what genre of music would you yeah. like today? We have ska. Bye. And thank you for shopping at. I think because they would because no one you know no one would, no. no if someone's charitable but they would hit like, on you right Bye. like no I, I was I wasn't very cute in high school so wait are you now super courteous to greeters like if you walk into a store do they or, have greeters in no stores but anymore? she refuses no, but, to shop anywhere that employs a greeter thank I don't, you yeah <laughs> I don't know my sister used to do the same thing she was a greeter and she used to complain about it so much that if I go into a store and somebody's like hi welcome to Aaron Brothers like I make it a point to stop look them in the eye and be like hi thank you and then your frame superstore yeah what's up I got art what's up <laughs> do you frame your things I've been on a bit of an art kick lately oh my god you're like a, a real Aaron lately. brother yeah. I framed like six things in the last three weeks. Oh, look at you. Sweet. I would like to know what happened to the Thomas Brothers of the Thomas Brothers map guide thing. And then one day I was like, wait, they're not Tom Tom, are they? But I don't think they are. No. It'd be neat if they were. No, they're not. I I like to believe that they're still making Thomas guides somewhere by hand and hand binding them. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody cares about us anymore. They'll see. When their dang internet goes down and their satellites stop orbiting, they'll wish they were a Thomas brother. There are people (laughs) who insist on using typewriters nowadays. And it's like, you're making your life so much more complicated. But But maybe there's people who insist on actually actually using maps straight from a cartographer. Well, I I had a friend call the other day, and they're now an ex-friend because of this phone call. I was having a party, and they called. I was like, hey, man, how do you get to your place? And I'm like, well, are you you in the car right now? No, no, I'm at home. You're at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're probably calling me through Skype right now on your computer. Fucking ask the internet. Yeah. What are you wasting my breath for, you son of a bitch? Go greet somebody. I know. I looked down at him. I spat in his eye when he got What there. did you really say? No, I did. I, I was like, well, you got to take the 170 and get off at the... I told him the exits, but I'm like, literally, when he got there, I was like, yeah. dude... Google, like you, what are you, what are you talking about? I oh, know, man. I just figure, you know, sometimes. What did you know? What did you figure? Like, I live out in the country, right? I live, I live next to a Jamba Juice. I'm yeah. not that hard T- to find. Turn like, left it's... at the cow. <laughs> exactly. If you if you pass the if you pass the Thomas Brothers making their guides, <laughs> you've gone too far. Watch out for the news van. They'll rape you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, when I give people directions to places, I always feel like I and I don't feel like I need to be doing this. Do you feel like something's being powered by steam behind you and it's black and white? Is that what you feel when you're giving directions? Yeah, I feel like it, at this point everyone can just find it on their phone or their GPS yes. thing. Yes. And how wonderful that is because I have a terrible sense of direction. Mm-hmm. And in the old days, hang on, I have to, I have to take a sip of something because I might be choking on my own spit. Beverage break brought to you by... I'm doing a beverage break Safeway dance. Wild Cherry. <laughs> I feel like of all the cool drinks... I was not the singer in the band. I feel like of all the cool drinks that I could be drinking right now, yeah. this is not it. But I enjoy the sparkling water beverages. I'm sure it's delicious they seltzer. Have, mm-hmm, yeah, they they have zero calories wow. and tons of flavor of- and bubbles. Safeway Wild Cherry. That was nice. <clears throat> anyway, in the old days when I wanted to go somewhere, I had to spend a lot of time figuring out how to get there and then writing it all out. Right. Whereas now... I just, you know, use my GPS thing, and most of the time, that's right. I went to New York and uh, had no, and I've even done it in Tokyo, where you get out, and it's like, oh, I want to get here. Oh, great, it's telling me exactly what subway to step on. Mm -hmm. I can just shake my phone around to recalibrate a compass, and it'll actually tell me which way I'm facing, so I don't even have to look up. This is great! I'm exploring a city without actually looking at or being really present in a city. Yeah, well, sometimes I explore driving without actually looking at the road, oh my God. and that's bad. It's so bad. I have a new rule, though. I don't tweet if I'm going over 35. I think that's a, 
<laughs> I think it's a pretty safe rule. That's I've, pretty good. I got really bad with that for a minute, and I, I and all kidding aside, I don't do that anymore. Like, but yeah. I was I was really bad with it to I'm the point bad. where you know you you'd be like, oh, I got a new text message. Okay, what's this? And oh, I'm home. Wait, I didn't remember changing freeways or five lanes yeah. or getting off and stopping at those lights. Oh well, any I'm gonna just check my car grill for hair. Isn't that or great? Teeth. But that's. It's great that I mean, we can be on autopilot to that yes. extent now with well, technology stuff. Well, but who needs stuff, to experience driving? I don't want I mean, to. Get us to the point of driving cars. Like, we, we can make the cars drive themselves now. Yeah. Let's just fucking sign up for that and do it and relinquish but I, but control. But we never will, really, probably, because this is... The, did you see Singles? People talked about this in the movie Singles. Mm-mm. Yeah, because they were talking about the light, like the potential light rail sure. in Seattle, and then or the one um, that we're supposed to have from Los Angeles to Vegas that's never going to get made. Oh no, we have that. We have the no. light. Oh yeah, we don't. Um, and then uh, I think it was Kira Sedgwick's character was like, "Oh, but, but people love their cars because she's driving this old clunker thing." Mm-hmm. You know, that's so Kira Sedgwick. It's so she would say that she is. I what know. What a stretch for her role. You know what else? What else is so Kira Sedgwick? Hmm. Kevin Bacon. Oh my god! And I've been a fan of his for a long time. Yeah. Have you seen his Google TV commercials where he's using Google TV to find Kevin Bacon stuff? Mm-hmm. His best I, yeah. role. Other than Tremors, his best role. Really? I enjoyed He Said, She Said. I don't know. Well, that wasn't the one where he was digging around in a basement, was it? No. What one was he digging around in a basement? Wasn't there? I distinctly have a memory of Kevin Bacon. Maybe, maybe I'm confusing with Michael Keaton, which is a really, really poor mistake because Michael Keaton it's is... no Kevin Bacon. Oh, uh, I think he's the rich man's Kevin Bacon. Have you seen Multiplicity? Thank you. Wow. Thank you. I was just looking that one up to make sure good. Fucking awesome. The greatest movie ever. Make a copy of a copy of a copy, and all of a sudden... that's good. And then there's a screwball copy? That's it. She touched my peppy, Steve. Boom. Fucking awesome movie. Boom. That's how... I've I've tried to... I'm fisting to the glass, pounding there, because that is... Can't, I'm I so can't argue You don't want to Google fisting to the glass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I can't argue with you Philistines with no appreciation of romantic comedies like he said she said it uh, was good my is I bringing my... on a romantic comedy because i can quote that entire damn movie oh it's That's... already been brought <laughs> mm. oh my god it's cold in here you know what I've never seen there must Gary be some so toros sassy. in this atmosphere <laughs> i said burr it's, it's cold, cold in here, here. <laughs> there must be some toros in the atmosphere <laughs> i said burr <laughs> How many so, times have you guys each seen that? Uh, together? Not Only enough. about seven. Yeah, <laughs> but enough. individually, I have no idea. How He's many coming times? over Saturday. We're oh, my God. I can't <laughs> wait. Viewing party. I cannot wait. Wow. I had no idea. I Well, I dated a, the head cheerleader all throughout high school. So, so I have the excuse of being... So you had to watch the oh, movie with Gary? I didn't. No, no, no. I mean, that's my excuse. <laughs> right? You wanted <laughs> to be the head better. cheerleader. That works better. <laughs> well, no. I mean, it was... Look, if you want to date the cheerleader, sometimes you got to go to the movies and watch the cheerleader films in high school. It came out when I was a... Uh, you know, young and, and really, really and wanted she, to get laid that bad. Right. She and she appreciated this movie because it sort of makes fun of that whole thing. I, I think guess she she's had a, a good, cheerleader with a sense of humor. She had, yeah, she and a heart of gold. Right. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know they make them that way. Uh, yeah, they, she her heart really wasn't in it, so I think it was good for her. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's high school for you. That was yeah. And you dated the cheer the head cheerleader, right? Which so I, you I, were cool. But no, I really. I mean, I kind of was. It was a weird thing to look back on because mm-hmm. I was a nerd. I rollerbladed. Aggressive. Oh, wow. Excuse me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I aggressive inlined. Does that make it sound no. hetero? Nope. Damn it. Not okay. really. Uh, so it was date the cheerleader had the jazz band poles. had a metal band. No. Okay. Well, do people rollerblade with poles? In my imagination, they do. <laughs> did you did you rock the rollerblades missing the two wheels in the middle so you could N- pretend to grind? I had. You never did. I would grind. I had fifty fifty grind plates and I nice. had blood hundred and 
four spec grind wheels in the middle. So when I was jumping on rails and did doing my... Did you really my, do that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't that great at it, but I did it. Did I you? certainly did it. Okay. Um, that still is not that cool. No, it's not. It's not at all. I really... I just... I couldn't skateboard. I clearly understood that skateboarding was the cooler fucking thing yeah. to do. I, yeah. There's I have no delusions of rollerblading you know grandeur. Is? Things that are on one plane are cool. On two planes, not as cool. I don't know why, but it's mm-hmm. like skiing, eh, snowboarding, Well, plus, cool. like, I would rollerblade to the 7-Eleven with my crew. I had a crew. You know <laughs> a, what I mean? And we would, Oh, and we looked really intense with our oh chain wallets, our giant chain wallets and our pipe Junko jeans that would, you okay. know, I would wear, like, a size 28 waist, but it would flare out to a size right. 60 heel, you know, mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, like bell-bottom yeah, shorts. Yeah, yeah, but, but cool, not... Right, you know, I mean, not as lame as that I feel like what you sounds. said made it sound lame, right, yeah, but no, I feel like I'm what sorry. I'm describing sometimes, is fucking cool. Sometimes uh, my tone of voice suggests, like, mm-hmm. you know, sounds yeah, condescending, that... but I don't mean it. It's just okay, it's good. As long as you didn't mean it, yeah, uh, mean that's, it that that's good. We would we would rollerblade on down to the Seven Eleven and go get our fucking Slurpee on because mm. that's what you do, right? And you know you're uncool when you're sitting on the curb outside of a Seven Eleven taking off your rollerblades <laughs> so that you can walk into a Seven Eleven and get a fucking Slurpee. Yeah. If you're on a skateboard, you throw the board aside right. and you're on you're you on just your feet. Flippy thing. You're good it. to go. Yeah. yeah, and I can't do I can't balance on one. Mm-hmm. So it was really it's actually a painful subject. It really is. I would have rather. Do you skateboard. still aggressive inline skate? Uh, nah, it's been a long while, long while. Okay. I think I did some ice skating in Central Park. That's the closest I've gotten to being back in rollerblade mode. In all my years of living in New York, I never went ice skating, and I, that's no? something I regret actually, because I like ice skating. Mm-hmm. I even had my own skates. It was the only cool thing I, when I was a kid. Oh, okay. I, ne- I never had my own. Not that having my own bowling ball would have been cool, but I never had my own bowling ball. Uh-huh. I never had my own horse. I never had. Well, I think, I think, wait, wait, hold on. How does that, how does that yeah. come into the conversation of bowling ball? It's like a ninety dollar object, like horse. Well, I, you I need did acres a little, and I acres for a bowling riding. ball ranch. Everybody knows that. You grew up where I grew up. I didn't know a single person with a horse. Did you? Yes. Really? Yeah. People whose parents loved them more than mine, <laughs> and were willing to spend all that fucking money to like board and tack a horse and rent a horse and whatever it is you do with a horse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I never had a horse, but I did have ice skates. But then you knew exactly how proud your parents weren't of you. You know, exactly. you knew how knew. disappointing you were because <laughs> you didn't have a horse. It gave me a real clear mm-hmm. indication of of how far they weren't willing a good to message. go. Yeah. Did you have parents that would buy your love, or were they actually no, like loving I and wish. affectionate? Um, are those the only options? <laughs> There could be a column A, column B thing going on. I don't know. I had parents who definitely went out of their way not to buy my love. Like, they really felt like... And and I grew up in Orange County mm-hmm. where I went to a high school where, the, you know, it was just sort of standard that you'd get a BMW for your birthday or a Mercedes or, you know, it's just pretty disgusting. Mm-hmm. Gary's from the same area and he's right. nodding. Um, and my parents just felt like that was not at all the way they wanted to raise my sister and me so there was really never anything handed to us so you weren't like a super sweet 16 kind of girl you didn't no. get to get mad that they got you the beamer instead of the mercedes no i got to get mad you got the honda accord i didn't no, i didn't even get that when i turned 16 i got i i was the one who got to get i was mad because i didn't get a car and i realize <laughs> now that i there's something messed up that i felt like Your i sense was of entitled entitlement? to yeah. a car but my mom let me borrow hers, but she put all these rules. Like, I couldn't go on the freeway or I couldn't go drive on Balboa Island. Mm-hmm. And that really felt and like... don't you dare fucking touch her radio presets or you're going to get I, the oh, belt. I wasn't, al- I wasn't allowed to listen to music what? Oh, either. Oh, it'll distract like, you. Yeah, because it would distract me is actually what, like what it was. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember one time she got into the car 
and like the mileage was much higher than it should have been and I think Aerosmith was was blaring because oh, I'd no. forgotten to turn it off or something. But anyway, yeah, no, I was really upset that uh, I didn't get a car and I was upset that I uh, there were all these limits put on where I could take her car. And of course, in retrospect, it's like that was really nice of her to let me use her car and sure. I feel like such an asshole that I didn't respect. Well, I was 16, though. Uh, yeah, what 16-year-old I mean, can really respect look, those kind to of things? to be fair, like everything you said, like it sounds like you were a fucking asshole. <laughs> so I don't know <laughs> if you've had that conversation with your parents to apologize for the person you were and probably still are. But Oh, yeah, you know, you I know I am. Pro- <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've grown up a little bit, but it's still... Of course you had a sense of entitlement, down, yeah. though. Of course That's you did. Everybody around do. you, they do, right. and they, of course they want, and everybody around you was getting Beamers and Mercedes, or yeah. Mercedes-I. Mercedes-Cs. Exactly. Thank you. So of course you felt yeah. that way, but but it probably you probably are very secure and and feel I don't know, loved by your folks and family. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean, I've those talked, are positive side effects of having that upbringing. Yeah, I've talked. I, I've talked before. I, I don't have the. I didn't have like the rosiest uh, upbringing, mm-hmm. but uh, and so so I mean I definitely have issues with my parents and stuff. But but today I'm close with them. So, yeah. Are they assholes? Do I want to like them or hate them? Are they like that drummer? You can like them. That drummer that took your throne? That asshole? Ugh. You can like them. Okay. I like them. They're yeah. Nice In fact, Gary's met them. Oh, My mom Gary. is Oh, I didn't know you guys were at that level already. Very nice. Gary, people. how was it? <laughs> her mom is a news mom. woman. The news mom. The news yeah. mom. News they mom. call her. Yeah. Well, because, you know, I'm the news girl sure. on the Adam Carolla show. Yes. And so I hate that I bring this up on every show, but I'm, I have to do it again. I had Ask uh, me how much money is, I make. This is a drinking game from now on. Whenever Allison brings I brought shots. Up. Where the, I brought the shot glasses. I know. <laughs> I brought shots. I brought glasses to pour alcohol into, but that's about it. But you have to understand. Okay. So I had, uh, I had surgery in December. And you have to understand, though, for, like I had never, ever, except for oral surgery, I had never had surgery before. I'm not the kind of person who always has some medical thing. I never have mm-hmm. a medical. Like I've never missed a day of work at this job. Other jobs that I enjoyed less, maybe I missed some. But anyway, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not the person who's always like, oh, you know, complaining. But sure. so anyway, but however, I do seem to bring this up on every show, um, because I've been like dealing. So anyway, I have endometriosis, which is not that uncommon, and it's not you know a horrible thing or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just something that has to be managed. It's where your um, uterine tissue starts growing. Uh, on oh yeah, other I, mean, organs you, I heard you yeah. talk to Mark See, Nern about this, and he got really right. hot and bothered over it, which was well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but so anyway, after the surgery, uh, I had work. It was over the over the break, the holiday break, and then I had work six days later, which really was before I should have have been Gone back. back. Like, right. yeah. So my mom drove me, and so that's when they started calling her news mom. And I have to say. I like being an adult, but it was nice having my mom having drive mom me drive to you work around? and then wait here. And like, I'd come out oh. and she'd be like, do you need a painkiller? I'd be like, yes. Oh my God. I wish my mom gave me painkillers. I know. And then, and then because she didn't want me to drive, she'd drive me home, you know? And what were you taking? Uh, Vicodin. You still got them? Are they like the five, five forties, like the bullshit, like here's a little bit of opiate and then a whole bunch of acetaminophen? I don't know. Probably. Yeah, that's I don't bullshit. know. I hate that. Tell, tell him you're still I in a lot of pain. Tell him yeah. to up the dosage. I mean, whatever it was was not enough for me to enjoy taking. I enjoyed the way that it released me from pain. Sure. But, but you should feel like you're on a magic carpet ride at no, that point. No, I didn't even. No, yeah. You got to chase it with a couple beers. Kids, like always chase your Vikes with two light beers. Make with, sure they're light beers. Don't be an asshole about it. Don't die. Yeah. 
Chase it with a light beer. Take a Corona or two. I feel like maybe Percodan is what I needed to have more fun. Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> I've never a, taken that. I don't know. Just ask him for pre-crushed Oxy. <laughs> he know if he's a real physician, he'll provide right. it in a baggie. You'll pay fair street price for it, and then you have a party. Is this what you've done? What? No. <laughs> Yes. You did grow up so fast. I uh, I didn't touch a cigarette or alcohol. I don't smoke uh, mm-hmm. uh, tobacco, at least. And I didn't do any of that shit until I was about 21 and a half or so. You know, like I had a drink. So were a... you straight edge? Did you call yourself that? No. Or... You know, like I, you know what? I, I take that back. I had maybe a Midori sour or two. Oh, with my God. A high school, Manly. With, yeah. <laughs> with, with like my girlfriend at a house party once. Right. And not like a rager. I mean, like four people in a room mm-hmm. when someone's mom was away. Like, that was our rager, was a Midori Sour. But, um, no, I wasn't straight edge. I just, I was into too many other things. Mm-hmm. I didn't have time for you it. And, time, and right. my bandmates that were, that would get totally fucking loaded before every show, I'd be like, well, I can't, I can't perform if I'm that right now. Yeah. That wasn't appealing to me. It wasn't modeled like that. Until I got to L.A. and saw successful fuck-ups, <laughs> then I was like, yes, I'll take your vices and feel better about myself. That's mm-hmm. great. And how long did that go on for then? Um, it's still a work in progress. Really? Oh, I'm struggling every day. Are you really? Uh, no, 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 no. I, I dabbled. I did everything that I kind of wanted to try or was mm. curious about. And I was a nerd about it. I would look up on these uh, forums like called... Arrowid or Arrowid. whatever. Yes, yeah, that's Arrowid a experience lot of good vaults. drug experience on that vault. Yeah, I would go in there. And, and it's so funny. Like, I won't trust Amazon with a review of a vacuum cleaner, but I'll trust the internet to tell right. me if pills are safe. Right. You'll trust a druggie's version of something. Yeah. I'll yeah. go to the like the blue light forum like when I was dabbling with MDMA and be like, oh, these, these green shamrock pills that are shamrock on one side, mitzvah. Subishi logo on the other. <laughs> well, dude, ha- Happy Flipper 2019XX says, best trip ever, bro. All right, I trust yeah, that sold. fucker. Yeah, I'll take five of them. Let's go. <laughs> but I would I would go and look up the pharmacology. I'd want to know the, the blood-brain barriers. Mm-hmm. How are things going to affect me? When are they going to affect me? And I was a total nerd about it. And I really enjoyed that process of kind of poking at my own brain and seeing how I could affect things. Right. Um, thankfully, I come out on the other side of it fairly intact. Yeah. You know, and that's about it. Yeah, see, I've never done acid or mushrooms or mm-hmm. anything like that just scares me because you have a I'm fear just, of relinquishing control yes yeah that's exactly what it mm-hmm. is that's the most common thing yeah and, and i'm do just it afraid well and plus i feel like at this point like i'm too like the wind there was a window that's for doing true. that that's not true i well, disagree with that okay i mean maybe but may, still i mean like from some people yeah I, I like i get that you have a responsibility you right. know so like you can't be completely fucked up and not mm-hmm. be present for a week mm-hmm. and so i totally understand that but you know if Again, if you're if you're concerned about now, I sound like a fucking enabler. I don't, you know, you shouldn't do it if you're concerned about losing control. But I I, I highly recommend if people are interested in dabbling that they dabble in the safest way they can and and experiment. See, my concern would be the bad trip mm-hmm. or the like going insane and never coming back. Sure, and I know that that's I don't know that that's even really a real a real thing that happens anymore. I think that, you know, insane people have done acid before mm-hmm. and whether or not that catalyzes, you know, that's like the catalyst for their spiral into insanity right. or not. Like, I think, I think you can come back. I think you'll come back from a journey and be okay. You know? But what but, if I didn't? Wouldn't you feel bad? No, I mean, you'd be a fucking druggie. I'd be like, we all knew she had that in her, you know? <laughs> and I'd laugh as your mom was driving you around to your meetings. <laughs> oh, there's, there's new, there's, <laughs> there's news, news mom. mom and her acid tripping daughter. What a failure. No. Thank you. Yeah. But what have you dabbled with then? Because you, you said, so, uh, you know, hallucinogens, no, that's a no for you. Right. Uh, just pot and uh, Coke. Yeah. Yeah. Which, what was your take on the Coke? Oh, it was, uh, it was too delightful. 
right? Yeah, it was because uh, I I don't do anything anymore. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I barely ever even drink. Um, and with Coke, I think that I had so many fears beforehand because I had read Sweet Valley High and in, I forget which book, I think like the fourth one, Regina Morrow, I think that's her name, uh, does coke once and her heart stops I had no dies. idea Sweet Valley High yeah. was dabbling into cocaine abuse. It was. And it was very heavy-handed with its message. Wow. You don't want to be like, like I wasn't expecting anal rape and goosebumps. But when that happened, I was like, <laughs> right. holy shit, R.L. Stein. Stein. No, no, it was way, very ahead of his time. Stuff. Yeah. So uh, I think... The way it was sort of set up in my head, anything other than sudden death was going to make me walk away with a good feeling about it. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's just a drug that engenders a good feeling. It's that addictive. Pretty much, yeah. You know? yeah. So, And plus, in New York, I didn't quite realize when I got there that uh, the way everyone stays out till 4 a.m. <laughs> and drinks and doesn't ever seem sloppy drunk is... Um, is Coke. It's very. Oh, they're going to say stick to itiveness. Yeah, it's like yes, of course, <laughs> right? Or P ninety X. Yeah, they're really they're physical <laughs> they're very, specimens. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, incredible, and I I've done it maybe four times mm-hmm. in the past, and it was very quickly consecutive experiences. First time being like, this is the most amazing thi- thing ever. I bet you a thousand dollars I could throw a dart through a, th- a single square on a screen door. Here we go. Oh my god, I did it. Uh, right. Let me talk about myself for four more hours. Yeah, um, and, and nothing good comes from it. No, no, and, and it, it was nothing di- good and it's comes diminishing from you returns. From it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I very, very quickly found myself like with hanging out with people you wouldn't hang out with otherwise. Yes. And yeah. and even the people that I was hanging out with otherwise who also were gravitating towards that, like coworkers at the mm. time, I found myself huddled in a room with Ugh. everybody who was kind of looking around, waiting for their turn to go back to the mirrored surface That's the to thing. take another line. Yeah. And I'm like, we're not even, we're, we You're are not, not having a good time right now. Right. We might be feeling okay or feeling better about ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're masking our, our issues right now in a million ways. Right. But we are not having a good time. We are fiending for this little surface right now. Yeah. And, then that's, and it was immediately like, nope, okay, done. That's right. It. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, uh, it's, I don't even think I would be tempted by it anymore. I find it to be so you gross. Sure? And I also... <laughs> I mean, this is pure uncut Colombian. No, I've actually been in situations where people have, have tried to sort of get me to mm-hmm. uh, to partake. And I just... No, I just won't. Because yeah. it also, for me, it created such a sense of self-loathing and guilt that... And I don't think everyone has that, nor do I think right. everyone should have that. That's just how I'm but built. Sweet Valley High readers, yeah. they should feel that way. <laughs> right. They did this to themselves. <laughs> exactly. So I just felt like, yeah, it's like that... Uh, for me, those are some of my darkest times when I think back on them because I just feel like, like, what was I doing and who was I trying to be? And it's just right. it's just not who I am yeah. to me. Darkest slash hottest times, though. Let's be honest. There was some darkest, pretty hot nights. Darkest, most fun times. There was definitely some hot nights. Exactly. Ugh. Bleh. <laughs> I just started you're thinking. You're like, oh, yeah. No, force bad thoughts. No, bad memories. They were snapping all ter- the rubber band. Yeah, I'm uh, snapping the rubber band on my wrist. I see I you tweeting go. your sponsor. <laughs> um, so, okay. So we have some phone calls. Oh, my God. Which yay. I would like to talk about. But I, I feel like, I feel that there are still things that we haven't gotten to in terms of talking to you oh. and about you okay. with the just quickly take us from, okay, high school and then Oh, I thought happened. I was going to get to plug my projects. Whatever. 
that. You are an asshole. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Good. It's out no. now. We'll just clean it. No, quickly gloss no, over the, the best stuff. No, no, no. Uh, What's, uh, there's no best stuff well, at all. So what happened after high school? Uh, so high school, um, had no direction, didn't know what I wanted to do, okay. uh, got a, a very uh, temporary job at this government television network and was more like the IT guy than PAing, which is kind of what I, I was interested in doing media. Mm-hmm. Um, and got a phone call from a guy who tried to buy my web show when I was like 13, 14 years old out of New York. He ran uh, or was, was a member of like a big sort of what's happening now with Google, YouTube and right. like SourceFed, Maker, everybody kind of launching their own video networks. Um, this was back then when it was clearly way ahead of its you time. Were, you predated iCarly. Yeah, I did. I, and I moved years. at one frame every 12 <laughs> seconds when predating iCarly. But this guy tried to buy my show. I was He didn't know I was 13 or 14 years old. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, cl- so clearly cool. this isn't going to happen. And so years later, he was one of the founders of G4. Oh, okay. So he called me up. He said, what are you doing? And I was like, my mom is telling me I have to go to college. <laughs> I can't fucking stand this shit. You know? He said, do you want to come to L.A.? And in the span of three days, I quit everything. Wow. Packed up, moved to L.A. and became a PA. And this is just some guy who had sort of followed your career yeah, since met- you were 13? <laughs> yeah, well, oddly, it's it, this, I, yeah, I'm where I'm at today because of gay pornography. Uh, I will now explain. try to explain that Please, as yes. best as I can. <laughs> I, that's the first time I've ever summed it up like that. Mm-hmm. But a fan of my web series at the time, we had sort of competing web shows about what gaming and technology. It was called Pointless Audio. Okay. Um, and then it evolved into LickMySweaty.com. Um, yeah, that was the domain. <laughs> and and their show out of New York was this all games show. Mm-hmm. And uh, a gentleman who really gave me a break, uh, Scott Rubin, uh, he had the competing show, and my, I, was, I was an asshole of a prank-calling, vicious, acidic 13-, 14-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. And so I would just berate them constantly because they were my competition. And the entire network, I would just attack them daily live with thousands and thousands of, of followers online right. at the time, which was a hard following to build. And somebody hacked their website and put gay porn all over it and oh, linked wow. to my website. So then I get a phone call being like, hey, uh, Jeff and saw this uh, – Gay pornography on our website. I'm like, oh, yeah, one of my fans did that. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Just completely oblivious to the fact that it was highly illegal and I could be locked up, um, even though I didn't do it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, long story short, gay porn connected us. And years later, he called me up and offered me a job. And I That's didn't wonderful. have to blow him. <laughs> didn't have to. I mean, I did out of the kindness of my heart. Yeah, you do but you somebody didn't have a solid, to. but I didn't. Uh, the job was already mine. Right. Yeah. So then, so you moved down here in three days, you said? Literally, it was like the span of a couple days. I had to find a place while I came out here for my interview. Mm-hmm. But I showed up to a PA interview with two resumes one a traditional, like, business resume, another a gaming resume to prove that I knew my shit. Like, I listed my consoles, I listed cheat codes and shit <laughs> that I knew about that uh-huh. were published on the internet. Like, I was such a nerd about it. And I had a reel together oh, wow. of all the video projects that I had done and was like, I want to be a PA here and I will be the best PA ever and I'll show you. Right. And they were like, okay, fine, you can be a PA. Do you, <laughs> like it's, do you live in like the area? Internship. Yeah, pr- exactly what it was. And they were like, we're just going to do you a solid and hope you don't suck. And I'm okay. But it was boot camp uh, because the PA for the show at this time meant meant writing copy, meant getting phone calls together, meant capturing video footage, meant uh, lining a show, putting together segments. And what show was that? It was called G4TV.com okay. back in the day of like young G4, which we were in like 15 million homes, mm-hmm. I think at the time, or 10 million, and two of them were watching. And this was, <laughs> it was a discussion show about video games, but it allowed me to learn the entire process, be producer, be PA, be everything. And then there was one moment in a studio where I have a 3DO in my hands, con- like controllers, dipping out everywhere i'm trying to get callers on the line i have the comp reel which has all the footage that we need like i'm clearly the linchpin of that show i'm walking through the studio and scott says 
uh, to the producer at the time, who I will not name, says, hey, I need Kevin to be on air for this segment. Like, he knows more about the 3DO mm-hmm. than anybody in this building, including my two co-hosts. Let me just have him on for a second to talk about it. And I had that Hollywood sort of moment where the guy looks at me and points and goes, him? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Him? And from uh. the entire crew, he goes... You can't put that on television. <laughs> he referred to me as a that. that like the guy yeah, that was like the linchpin of his show in many right. ways. He goes like, you can't put that on television. That'll never be on television. Look at him. He sounds delightful. Right. It was one of those moments and I went, okay. And I just, I went back and continued along my day and I, I never, you know, I never looked back from that moment and I didn't really have a desire to be on air. Yeah. It was just sort of like, okay, cool. If that's what they want to do with me, I'll do that. But I just remember the whole crew sort of averting their eyes like, oh man, I can't believe you said that. And what a, a loving environment because they all came up to me afterwards and they're like, you hang in there, kid, because in five years we're going to be working for you. Aww. So it was very, very sweet, touching story. I get that tale of someone told me I'd never make it. Yeah. You know? So what's that guy doing now? Uh, he hit me up on Facebook for a job not too long ago. <laughs> so so then it was five years after that, though, that you were No, actually, six, six months after that, mm-hmm. uh, I, I was still being paid and treated as a PA, but they needed somebody to provi- provide color commentary for a competitive gaming show. So I tried out, and they're like, can you read a teleprompter? Yeah, sure. I barely knew what one was. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, can you, you know, interview people and toss to packages? I'm like, I package away. I will <laughs> toss to anything. Catch, I'll catch, too. Whatever you want. <laughs> and so I found myself very quickly, at six months into the network, hosting a show, scared shitless, being told by a lighting guy I'm too pale, and I'm making his life a living hell, oh, next to an ex-American gladiator named Hawk, talking about video games shooting three episodes, then racing across town to get balanced bars and coffee and put together another show. Wow. And I did that for another six months. It and was what show insane. was that? That was a show called Arena. Okay. Which was, uh, you know, at one point filmed in a lunchroom and then filmed in like a competitive sports arena and then got a real set and I started getting paid as a real host. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, it was really quite a rise. But I, you know, I'm once a PA, always a PA. Like, you know, I, you, you, I'll move a C-stand in a sandbag mm-hmm. if it needs to be moved. And that's something that's, like, in my DNA now because of that. Like, I, I worked from PA to AP to supervising producer to editor to writing my own copy to producing to everything. And now I executive produce Attack of the Show and have my production company. So it's, it's been a wild ride. I've loved it. Do you feel like being able to do all that um, helps you when you're at a point – I'm trying to phrase this sentence correctly – like, you're uh, big enough now that you could be a diva if you wanted to. And you could be like, I'm not going to. That's I'm debatable, not, but. Well, you know what I'm saying. Sure, though. sure. Yes. Yeah. But absolutely. do you feel like the fact that it, it sounds like you're easy to work with and you're, you know, willing to do little things and you know how to do all that stuff. Sure. Do you feel like um, that accounts for some of your success now? Absol- uh, absolutely. Unequivocally. I feel like. Um, you know, I'm certain. I'm certain now that I have my days, and I'm I'm certain some crew would 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 let you know as well, mm-hmm. and and that's totally valid, entirely valid. But I respect each and every position that's required to make the show a reality. You know, like on Attack of the Show every day, right. um, or if it's my own production, like you know, an intern. Yes, we might need you to get food, but I respect the shit out of the fact that that is your responsibility right now, and it's an integral one. Mm-hmm. Without you. This, this production's going to fall apart because a sound guy is going to be hungry and be cranky and he's not right. going to hold the boom the right way. Right. Like, I fully respect what everybody does. And I am not, I don't have delusions of grandeur. I think I only became an okay host in the last 
year or two, like good enough to where I can call myself one without feeling really shitty about it. And I think that what carried me through a lot of that was the fact that I knew how to edit and write and produce. So while I might kind of fumble a little bit on the hosting front, Mm -hmm. I knew what the editor needed to get the package right. Right. I knew what the producer needed out of me to make sure that the package would sing or that a segment would be funny on air. Like I got what they needed. So I was able to kind of fumble through that. Smart. Uh, Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. You know, because there are so many people in our industry, and I'm sure you could back me up, that are just you know colossal dicks, sure, or divas, or yeah, and they, like, I remember sitting there with a friend of mine, um, and I was watching her send emails to a producer about a package. It was actually, uh, I'm sure you, you, I'm sure know who this person is. So, oh come on, off off air, I'll tell you. I feel like I shouldn't. Can you drop me a hint so I can figure it out, and then I can and. Relish in it a little bit more? Uh, oh, goodness. If not, um, that's okay. Some on the street stuff, maybe? Okay. Uh, I, I'll tell you after. Okay. But anyway, like watching this uh, person send um, an email to the producer who was she was working with, and it was so bitchy. And I was just like, <laughs> I would... So yeah, just so like an uh, order and bitchy, right. and you were already on our last nerve, and it was just a completely different tone and font probably than I ever would have used. <laughs> Did she go serifed? That bitch. <laughs> that bitch. I yeah. know. Just because you use Comic Sans doesn't mean it's delightful. Yeah. You see, bomb. Um, no, like if if it were me, because my emails are always like, "Hey, if you get a chance," I was sure. just like, "Mine are so gentle because I just don't want to be a jerk." But then sure. the more I, I'm, you know, in the industry and stuff, the more I start to think like, I could maybe throw my weight around a little more, it's, and I do, but I don't. But it, it's you, and you, you, you probably should. And that's and and it's okay that you don't. Well, see, I have an agent now who um, wants to do that for me. You can play that. First of all, never be your let somebody else play bad cop for you. Obviously, right? right? That's right. a lesson that I learned the hard way at, over years at G Four, where I'd be like, oh, I think I uh, think I deserve to maybe I don't know be paid to host. Is that cool? No. All right. Yeah. Sorry. I'll just I'll go back to PAing. Right. You know, like you never. Oh yeah, God, I've sent those emails. Right. Where like you don't know if you're going to be paid for something on TV. <laughs> right. Like just wondering if there was any money in the budget for the right? commentators on this. But I mean, if there's not, like, because because along with sending the email is the i the idea that like, but I don't want them to not use me. Right. Because the truth is, I'll do this regardless. <laughs> exactly. You know, but I know that but my you show your hand the moment you ask. That you show the hand the moment you ask. Well, those is are there like those you know? sort of initial like you're right. doing me a favor by putting me on TV gigs. Right. But sometimes, uh, you know, I I learned I had some co-hosts and co-workers throughout my years who decided to advance their careers with a certain attitude and a certain energy. Um, <laughs> and I saw that and took... Like a take-no-prisoners... Some of them, sure. Guns blazing yeah, kind of and thing? Some of them, yeah. And much to the detriment of everybody around them. Like, it hurt everybody, myself included. And I learned so many lessons from seeing that, but was also, like, I was in the most abusive relationship you could possibly have because it's like, you know, mommy and daddy can't fight in front of the kids. Right. Uh, daddy can't hit mommy. Guys don't hit girls. So what are you going to do? And so I had to internalize a lot of that shit. But what I did learn was that there are times where you do have to say... Listen, producer or whoever, this isn't working and here's why. And the moment you try to kid glove it, they sort of don't respect the notes as much. I know. And so it's such a hard industry and profession to navigate because you're constantly playing politics. 
you're whether you want to or not, you're you're constantly um, you don't want to offend people because you, you who wants to be offended. Right. But you also have to assert yourself and your desires and your creative wants and needs. So it's such a fascinating, odd, yeah, weird industry. It's tough because, I mean, there are certain people in positions of power above you where they don't necessarily have your best interest at heart or they will push you around if you don't assert yourself. Mm -hmm. So you have to there. But then the people who are maybe below you, and I hate that I'm even using those terms, but there is a pecking order. Sure. Like those people... You're not saying that that them as a human being are below you. It's like, oh, yeah, good. And they are. (laughs) Fuck them. Right, right. You know, people whose whose lives matter less is what I'm saying. Right, right. No, you're right. They wouldn't be missed if they were gone. You would put out a Craigslist ad and you'd have somebody doing your exact same job in a minute. Yeah, by exactly. the hour. No, you're right. I'm talking about strictly sort of on the... The hierarchy the, yeah, of exactly. the org, org chart. Right. So I just... Th- but there's no reason to really push around or be an asshole to someone below you no. because they're just trying to help and get and get ahead in their own way, too. Yeah. Yeah. So. They're doing the exact same thing you're trying to do. They're just right. at a different part on their timeline. They're just at a different, a different path. And unlike, you know, unlike other industries, uh, and that's a bit of a blanket statement, but I think that this is the one people always say, uh, the folks that you work with on the way up are the ones you're working with on the way out. Mm-hmm. And I used to love that saying. I mean, like, oh, okay, haha, that's silly. Holy shit, is it true? Yeah. And I'm, I'm still humbled and amazed to this day when I go out on shoots for other companies or if I'm doing another production, it's like, oh, is that... Oh my God, that's insert so-and-so here who was right. a completely different job at a completely different point from 10 years ago. Yeah. What a treat. Like, holy hell, what's going on? Let's catch up. But you won't have those experiences if you're a raging sea bomb on the right. way up and on the way out. Right. You know, you have a very different experience and people won't work with you. Yeah. Well, so you have your own production company now. Yeah. What What else are you doing besides Attack of the Show? Um, well, I, I'm doing uh, other shows for other networks. Um, I have a, a, a competition show coming out on Sci-Fi very soon oh, that I'm cool. very, very excited for. Um, what is but it? I don't think I can say the oh, name of it yet. Okay. But it's, it's like... Project Greenlight for YouTubers, oh, okay. if you will. Like, that's a bad I shotgun will. pitch, but I have another one also uh, in negotiations right now at Sci-Fi that is uh, The Gong Show Meets YouTube. Oh, neat. Everything has YouTube in it because that's right. what I'm seen as. I'm pigeonholed as that guy. The YouTube uh, guy. The YouTube guy. I have, uh, now, I'm, now I'm getting into the plugging, and I really don't want to, but I'm super passionate about it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, EnterThePlaylist.com. I have a show that is a music battle show. I'm such a music nerd, and I... You know, I don't don't think DJs and VJs and controllerists get the respect that they deserve. I think people think that I, they, I don't give them the respect that right. you think and, they deserve. And you shouldn't. You shouldn't because they're terrible people. But it's my <laughs> job to make them look remotely interesting and talented. Mm-hmm. And I think I've done that in this show that we've done. It's like an Iron Chef DJ throwdown where. Well, that's really neat. Yeah, you learn what they do, how they do it, and then you watch them battle. I mean, if you want to shine a light on repugnant people, I do. I do. Okay. That's like, you know, I love hoarders. This is my auditory oh, yeah, okay. hoarders. That makes sense. And then um, I'm doing a live event called Lead Up, which we threw at Club Nokia for a couple thousand folks. And it's part party, part concert, part podcast. And mm-hmm. we're going to be touring it later this year. That's wow. Yeah. Look at you. It's so fun. And you're in a relationship because I do talk <sighs> about relationship stuffs. Uh, stuffs. <laughs> I talk about relationship stuff. The stuffs and whatnot. On this show. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about that after we take some phone calls. Okay. And before we go to the phones, I have to grab this piece of paper here. Hang on. Make some noise. Paper grabbing. Well, you know what? While Allison's doing that, let me ask your opinion on something. Sure. You called yourself a, a music nerd. Sure. What, and you're a tech guy. What do you think of turntable.fm? Oh, you know, I think it's okay. It's cool. I, I kind of think the same thing. Yeah. I, I, when it was coming out, I was like, wow. This this could be big. And yeah, it's not. I, I think for me, it's like it was. You know, it's exciting that other people would want to hang out in a room and listen to what I'm listening to at that moment. But 
I could never be that person in that room. Like I could, I could say, recommend a track to me or tell me what artist I should listen to. And I will absolutely invest the time into caring about them and listening to them. But when I'm listening to music, it's always for a purpose. It's not just background noise for the most part. I feel the same way. Yeah. And for the people who aren't nerdy like us, turntable.fm is a website where it's basically a social place where you can go and listen to other users DJ. So you go into a room that is, you know, whatever whatever category you choose and right. you know they have ones for specific professions and for specific kinds of music and then there are people in the room who control what you listen to and you can rate them whether you like that DJ or dislike that DJ it's a mm-hmm. it was an interesting idea it hasn't it taken sounds off deadly. Sure, but, uh, I, yeah I think it's a cool concept but I also like I don't trust other people like if I'm writing I have a certain kind of music that I want to listen to if I'm driving aggressively there's another music I want to yeah. listen to uh, if I want to relax I have different styles and so I'd go into a room like an ambient chill room and be like alright here we go and then fucking Shakira Shakira <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> Did you drop hips don't lie in an ambient chill room? <laughs> Fuck you. And you just, you ruined my experience yeah. now. And I'm not a real multitasker. So now I got to take time to close that out and go play the music I want to hear. It's like, right. so cool concept. I get it. I, I like it, but it's just not for me. It didn't, totally it didn't bring me back. Totally. My agree. friend's friend tweeted something, which always cracks me up. It was, my coworkers always listen to the best music whether they want to or not. <laughs> That's nice. Okay. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys about Gamefly. You probably know about Gamefly. I love Gamefly. Gamefly is a video game rental system that delivers to your door and now directly to your PC. It's like Netflix for video games. They oh. have over 8,000 games, including new titles like Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 3, Batman Arkham City, and The Elder Scrolls. Uh, no late or shipping fees. Delivery right to your home. So my listeners, that's you guys right now listening well, I guess some of these people could be Kevin viewers, but they're still. I'm turning still them into my though. listeners. Yeah. That's right. You're absorbing them. I am. You're Akira style. Yeah, like water. Like I'm. Like their water. I'm retaining. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's uh, a far less sexy description. But that's yes, cool. That's what I do. That <laughs> like, and, <they're> like, yeah. <laughs> okay. So you guys will get a free 15 day trial if you sign up. They should sign. Is there a code that they need to put in? Yes, a promo there code? is. Allison, Go to GameFly.com slash Rosen or course. click the GameFly banner on my site at AllisonRosen.com. Even easier. You make it so easy. They should go to your site. They <laughs> you? get to see you. Then they click on the banner. Boom. Fucking right. synergy. And I love GameFly. I Thank truly you. do. I really do. I, that, I love you now for helping me with this. Well, Thank you. I, I mean, I, will, I loved you already. But. I, love the, thank you, but I it, love the idea that your thing is making things less sexy. <laughs> That's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. That's what I do. How can I unsex this shit? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I I'm would like be, the cooler for sex. People always think that I, I'm some jaded, for many reasons, I'm some jaded gamer who doesn't like gaming anymore. and Because I didn't even like Skyrim all that much. And, and then it became just fun to hate the game because the fans were so passionately nerdy about it that uh-huh. it was just poking a bear with a stick um but gamefly to me makes so much sense because people don't have a lot of disposable income these days they might have to save for weeks or months to play a a specific game and if it's not a triple a experience for them that's 60 dollars. that's a quite an investment and so here i'll try it out if you like Mm -hmm. it then keep it if you don't want go to gamefly.com enter the promo code rosen slash rosen and fucking sign up yeah just fucking do it you asshole 15 days you free. Piece of shit. That's you a lot of days. You must be a DJ controllerist. You're a terrible human being. Go use yeah, Gamefly. Yeah, redeem yourself by using Gamefly.com slash Rosen. Okay. Let's talk to James on line two. I was just going to hear the sound of a car horn because James died at the wheel. Just <laughs> yeah. his face smashed into it. No, I, I hear him. Hello, James. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? I'm great. Good. We're good. And you have a question for Kevin, right? I do. What up, James? Fire away. What's up? What 
What's the best goddamn thing about being a host? <laughs> The best goddamn thing? Mm-hmm. Oh, the sweet tail. Mm. <laughs> I love I love intern season. It's like open hunting and their sundresses. <laughs> and I loves me a casting couch. Um, the greatest thing about being a host, um, there's a million things that are amazing about it. Um, but I think the... the what's, what's, Jerry's laughing. For anyone who's ever been to G4, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> okay. like intern season. Yeah, they, it's all nerdy guys. Well, yes, that's true. But but to clarify, we share a building with style and with E. And so every springtime or so, when the you know yeah. when the when the, the cherries are blossoming, right. you get to see a whole herd of 120 girls in the same sundress mm-hmm. that are really vying to be Ryan's yeah. assistant. Yeah, but in your face, Gary, he is sexist. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> but but I'm fair. I will absolutely fuck the boys who are trying to get a job at G4 just to go. let them wow. know that right. they, again where they are on that org chart. You got to keep them in line. Yeah. So I'll mash a pillow into a, or a mash a face into a pillow. <laughs> That's very You fair. can mash a pillow um, into a face. I could too. do it as well, yes. Yeah. Um, the best thing about being a host, is specifically of a show like Attack, um, is that I can kind of just make little childhood dreams come true, which sounds yeah. cheesy and cliche, but it's like, I, oh, I'd like to fly in a jet airplane and do one of those dogfighting things. Oh, I know what I'll do. I'll pitch it as a segment. <laughs> Suddenly, someone else is paying for me to go have that experience, you know, whether it's traveling to Japan or China or uh, Amsterdam for a 420 episode. Like, I have been afforded privileges and been paid to experience those things because I'm a host, and that is insane to me. Do you and- ever have trouble selling them on a certain idea? Or since you're the EP, can you pretty much do what you want? I can. Kind, I mean, I, do, I would never do anything that I thought was that the viewers wouldn't be interested in mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form. I'd rather go do it on the side if that was the case. So I, I, I only tend to pitch things that I, I want to see or hear or experience, which I hope the audience does as well. But there's definitely, like, I love interviews. I love having guests on. And there's been a handful of guests in the past that I've had to fight extra hard for. Uh, because I think they're fascinating, but maybe the viewing audience doesn't based right. off their Twitter feedback or their forum posts. Well, thank you for calling, James. Thank and, you for and, taking my question. And also, real quick, if I may, the fans from Modesto are the whole reason I love to host, James. <laughs> <laughs> what up, Modesto? Seriously, if you internet G4, I will put my penis inside you. <laughs> He's serious. Is he serious? I think so. Is that appealing to you? Because uh, it's Kevin, it is. <laughs> yeah. Amazing! That that wow. is devotion, James. I appreciate it, good it sir. And can we get his info off air, please? Can you give me an email address? And if you're on OK Cupid, let's take a quiz. <laughs> All right, let's talk to Stephen on line one. Stephen, yes, hello. Hello, how are you doing? Hey, what's up, Kevin? What's up, Alton? What's going on, Stephen? You have a question well, for Kevin? I just want to say I'm, I'm no. a huge fan, Kevin. I've been watching you uh, when you had that white girl sitting on the couch on a laptop. The the what on on a couch? You had a white girl sitting on the la- on on the on the couch on the laptop when Attack of the Show was old school. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I was like, is this an apartment broadcast that I left the webcam on <laughs> yeah. on accident? Like a white was, girl on the couch. Was, were there mascara tears? Because then I know exactly who that was, and she was crazy and a squirter. Yeah. Um, um, a very specific reference ahead. for the one girl out there. Uh, no, thank you for being a supporter for such a long time, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for sticking with us through the awkward years. Yeah, I always say pre-mun, post-mun, so. <laughs> well, thank you, man. We're, we're, all, we're all trying to trying to keep on keeping on. Yeah, right on. Well, I had a question for you, Kevin. Um, you know, you've been on EOTS for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, you have lead-up, and you have a lot of things going on. Do you ever think about what's going to happen, like, 15 years from now? 
do you see yourself like on a big network, like a more well, like a main network, like, <laughs> uh, on, like like hosting a show, like <laughs> I don't know, Jimmy Kimmel. I would, I would kill for that. Are you kidding me? Absolutely. Um, I don't yeah. see myself anywhere. I never, I never try to plan more than three months out because I have no idea where it's going to take me now. And See, that's how I am. But then there's people who are like, what's your five-year plan? What's your this? And I'm like, I don't know. And I'm right. uncomfortable tethering myself to something like that. Yeah, I think, you know, from a disability and life insurance point of view, yeah, yeah <laughs> I've planned for the next 15 years. I'm, I'm, I've, I've taken care of that. Mm-hmm. But career-wise, like, I, the last thing I want to do is is set a, a point and be so myopic. I don't want to be so focused. You know, I don't want a laser intensity on, I need a late night talk show. I need to, when Fallon takes over for Leno, that's going to be my spot. Mm-hmm. Like, have I thought that? I thought that'd be awesome. Are you kidding me? Absolutely. But I would never plan for that because what I've seen in like, the past. Do I practice in front of the mirror every night before I go to bed? Sure. Yes, but yes I not, do. But I'm fine if I don't get it. Do I wish ill upon Jimmy Fallon? Every Absolutely. night. Would I cut a break line? <laughs> Fuck it. Who wouldn't? <laughs> But no, I don't want to do that because I've seen what the, the trap that that can set, which is now you, you define success and happiness by this one thing. And if you reach it, great, but you might struggle and, and persevere and claw away for years and get to that point and realize, oh, I really didn't enjoy that journey. And I could have done 20 other things that would have been exciting or interesting. Ah, oh, shit. You know, why didn't I do those? And candidly, I've had plenty of opportunities to leave Attack of the Show. I just don't get where else I could right now talk about skateboarders shattering their genitals one minute and then go to Louisiana to cover the Gulf oil spill the next. I just don't know That's what range. Well, it really is. And, and, it's, and, I, and I don't take that for granted. So while Internet video seems really interesting right now with the Google YouTube channels, I'd love to do something in that arena. Right now, I'm just trying to make cool shit and have a good time doing it. And so I, that's what I plan to do for the next five years. We'll see if I end up turning tricks or buying a news van. <laughs> Thank yeah, you, James. Sound like oh, an old, uh, like your mom and dad, but you know, don't leave the tech of the show. It's not a tech of the show without you. Well, so. thank you, thank you. I really appreciate that. And if you could email everybody at Comcast and let them know you feel that way, that'd be awesome. <laughs> oh, one more question: Indica or Sativa? Sativa, uh, Sativa, all the way. <laughs> I, I need an espresso to wake me up. Indicas give me couch lock, and they just give me the munchies. And all of my fridge is just variants, uh, brands, and breeds of kale. So it's not exciting to be a, like a stoner in my house. You just end up, you look like a dinosaur chewing on kale. Yeah. Have you ever had that like uh, chocolate flavored kale? Yeah. I've had like Whole a chocolate flavored kale tries, chip. Yeah. yeah that I don't think. Don't it, try to it sex like, up kale. Yeah. Don't do it. I know what it right, is. Right. It's a fucking plant for dinosaurs and I'll eat it because uh, that's what books tell me to do right now. But stop My it. My thing with that is I expected that it would taste like chocolate. It tastes like kale with chocolate on it. Right. But, like there's nothing... St- uh, you can't, there's no alchemy there. You're not going to no hide magic. it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, let's talk to Matt for just a minute. Because <laughs> he wants to tell me how much he loves the show. Oh, hey. Which I like, but then I feel self-indulgent, luxuriating in all that is Matt. Matt? Yeah. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm wonderful. Oh, good. Well, thanks for the calling. Funny, the funny thing about it was, is I, was I, I checked my Twitter feed and I thought it was the Adam Carolla show taking calls. Oh. And I told Gary, I said, but I'd love to go on and tell Allison how well I love her podcast and Boom. how much I enjoy it. Thank you, Matt. And th- thank you to the little person in the back. Oh, that's my daughter. I, oh. I thought that was work. a kitten that you were holding underwater. <laughs> I thought you were drowning a kitten in a bucket. I'm sorry. You no, I'm, so trying to, I'm trying to run away from her. She keeps running away. She's <laughs> saying daddy? Talk on the phone when that's she's, so uh, cute. Oh, are well, you going to keep her? Because two is like you kind of you got to hang on to her at that point, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. She's a doll. 
it's a well, real, real, real late term kind of situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't really give them up after they've been born. Oh, you can. They've got churches and firehouses for that stuff, and AMPM oh, yeah, has great and dumpsters. Like, I guess I could drop her off at the local Mormon There's nice church. white couples who yeah. will. Oh, absolutely. Okay, no, Wait, would, is yeah. it, it is it is a white baby? Let's be clear here. Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely Oh, my white. God. Okay, good. A clean white baby, you're fine. You're totally fine. <laughs> Congratulations <laughs> on that, on that clean white baby. <laughs> well, thank you for calling, Matt, and, and thank you for staying on the line for so long when you found out that you called a different show. <laughs> oh, no worries. I, I enjoy your, your podcast. It's great. I, um, Matt, what's your, favorite, what's your month, favorite part so. about Allison? What's your favorite part about her or her podcast? I'm not sure if you guys podcast? are doing any live podcasts, but it doesn't look like you are. So. In Salt Lake City? Uh, no, I, I'm coming to California on the 15th of April for a week. Hmm. and. Oh, that works for me. You guys well, are... uh, stay tuned. There may be some upcoming announcements oh. about live podcasts in L.A. Really? Oh, sweet. Apparently I'm the last to know. But yeah, we have been doing some live stuff. So well, Right back at you because you surprised me on the Allison Rosen live stuff. Live I know, but I get to do that. That's true. And I just got to do that with ACS. So what? <laughs> oh, uh, wow. It's wow. getting can very I, I serious. I can leave the room if you want. I'm going to start crying like a two-year-old. No, you need to surprise us with stuff. Uh, don't take your pants off. No, I was okay. going to go back to my phone. I've got, <laughs> no, I've got a thing. I've got it. a photo of docking, which Ugh. is no, no. Okay. okay, Matt, thank you for calling. And um, hey. yeah, I guess according to Gary, who's in the know, stay tuned because there might be some live podcasts. Will do. Thank you so much. Bye. See you, Matt. Right, bye bye. All right, let's talk about your relationship. Oh yeah, let's do that. How long have you been in it? Uh, <laughs> if you ask her, two and a half years. If you ask me, like a solid eight months. Uh, explain that discrepancy. Uh, yeah, and not from <laughs> a fidelity standpoint whatsoever, strictly right. from a, uh, uh, a an emotional attachment and willingness to be completely vulnerable, which is something I've never really done in a relationship mm-hmm. other than my first one, which was the, the cheerleader, cheerleader from high school that lasted almost seven and a half years. Seven and a half years. Yeah, wow. I'm a serial monogamist. Serial. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like. I did. Well, have, are these your only? Well, you had relationships in between, though. Yeah, but we're talking a handful. Okay. We're talking very, very small. Because I, I will. I, you know, I will do what I need to to find the next relationship, and right. that's because I'm not actually out looking for the casual one night thing when uh-huh. I'm in single mode. Um, I'll take it if it comes my way, but I'm actually looking for the next relationship. Why which did is, you and the cheerleader break up? Um, like, I'm always, I'm always fascinated by things that last seven and a half years. Sure. Or something like well, that, I mean, you look, know? you know, Especially we, young people. Yeah, we, you know, we we met, you know, it was like fr- uh, junior year of high school or whatever, and so we sort of just grew up together and we understood each other. So it was easy to stay together when you're mm-hmm. in a high school relationship. And then she went away to college, which wasn't too far away, but that gave me a chance to focus on my business and what I wanted to do and hang out with my friends. So it wasn't like it was like a really trying relationship. Mm-hmm. And then once I went to L.A we would see each other when we could and that put a real strain on it but we lasted about two and a half years through that and then she said well I'm going to move on out there well why? for you yeah Yeah, but what do you want to do? oh I don't know I'm like oh that's I really need you to figure out who you are and what you want to do before I feel responsible for you uprooting and moving away from your family and your sister who's going to have a kid and I know you're going to want to be around I bet she didn't like hearing that you know what she Oddly enough, she did. Oh, good. You know, I don't think she did right away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but but it, we had a very we're still friends to this day. Like, still absolutely very close friends, and we talk we talk all the time. Like, I respect the hell out of her. She respects me, and I think she appreciates the fact that I said no. You gotta you gotta look out for but you. Were you was part of you already feeling like maybe that wasn't the right relationship? Because hearing that story, what I'm thinking is like, if you're truly super into someone, head over heels. Right. 
then the fact that you feel like they might be moving out for you versus for them, I don't know how much it would really give you pause. Right. That's a valid point. I'm not the kind of person, at least I don't think I am, who will ever be head over heels, yeah. insane, oh, the moment that my guts turned to butterflies. Well, no, I mean, I've met guys that have described, yeah. like, you knew the moment I met her, yeah. you know, or it was three weeks in, and oh, when she let me put my f- entire fist in there, yeah, you know, like, <laughs> that's when I knew, put a ring on it. Um, <laughs> but I just, I don't think that I'm that guy, and mm-hmm. it, it bothered me for a long while. It was something that I discussed with my therapist, you know, rather often. I'm like, when is it going to hit me? Right. You know, and he's like, well, what if you're just, what if it's not going to be a boxing glove to your gut? I'm like, Damn it! It's not like failure to launch. I, <laughs> I must love dogs. What are you doing? Um, multiplicity. Just making sure Gary's paying attention. I am. Thank you. I, sorry, I'm fairly shocked. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I just, I just saw. Did something. you just look up something disgusting? Anchorman Two just got announced. Hey! Oh yeah, and I'm alright with it. I'm wildly excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's this coming. is great. This is be one of those as evidenced by your voice. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, I am. I just didn't know whether or not I should bring that up. Yes, you I should. Totally, okay, yeah. It totally dates when this is happening. No, but listen, this is okay. this is our yeah. comedy 911. Yeah. People will say, "Where were you when you heard that Anchorman Two was greenlit?" And right. Kevin will say, "I was behind Boom. the curtain where the shit is." Boom. <laughs> behind <laughs> the brown curtain. <laughs> Which should be the name of your autobiography. <laughs> I know. That'd be beautiful. See? Unsexing it up. Yep. Sexing it, unsexing it down. There's a whole De-sexing. cross-section of society that would pay $30 a month for access to a website that was behind your brown curtain. So I know. unsexy to one person is another person's, hey, look at this photo on my phone. <laughs> Keep that there you in go. mind. Very true. Very true. So you talk to your therapist about yeah. uh, your lack of that sort of overwhelming romantic sure. feeling. Yeah. I was never modeled positive we can get really deep in dr phil phil here if you want but okay uh, uh let's you know, put our fist in him okay oh god he is a puppet already oprah's right. is in there <laughs> let's be honest um i i was never really modeled a, a positive loving perfect relationship and i don't mm-hmm. know who is perfect is an adjective that probably isn't shouldn't be ascribed to anything but i was just never my entire family has never really modeled that so right. i was always a little gun shy about anything commitment or any term let alone long despite the fact that i had this relationship for several years mm-hmm. i figured well this is just well we're just doing this for now right this is what it's going to be so there was never a moment where i felt oh this is the one this is going to mm-hmm. be it. and looking back on it like of course there wasn't that moment i'm probably not the guy that's going to feel that yeah. or have that like i'm a i'm a i'm a slow burn like, I will learn to love and feel to love over time. And that's why I describe, like, if you ask her, two and a half years ago, we started this relationship. Uh, you know, eight months or so ago, I really kind of surrendered myself to the notion of being a boyfriend. What were those, for, what was that year and four months like for her, do you think? I think it was fine because we were getting stoned and going to Disneyland and watching movies and going to parties. You know, it wasn't like, mm-hmm. there was no need to drill deeper than that. We were just right. having a great time. right. Um, and we had sort of a forbidden love because she was actually, and I know how this sounds and I hate describing it, but she was an intern at G4. And it was so cliche and shitty of me to exploit my power and so on and so forth. Well, that's what they say unless people fall in love and then it's like, oh. Well, look, I, I, when you pass the two and a half year mark, mm-hmm. I hope people go, oh, clearly it wasn't a fling. Like right. she, she has not been at G4 in ages. Yeah. You know, she's a, a, an incredibly smart, talented girl uh, and she's a nerd, which... Hey, guess what? I'm into that. Like she was a GameStop manager. Mm-hmm. So we click on all those levels. So to say that it was at the time, I wouldn't fault anybody for saying how pathetic she's clearly a star fucker or <laughs> uh, a social climber, which she was just accused of being today. Where did, who accused her of this and how she uploaded a video to YouTube 
explaining like there's she's a bit of a gamer girl mm-hmm. cosplaying that sort of stereotype of uh, needy attention whore in front of a <laughs> webcam. And um, I don't think she is, by the way, but I get why People someone who doesn't that, know her would yeah. think that. Certainly. And I don't give a shit. I don't think she does either to, to that Good. extent. Um, but she uploaded a video explaining like, girls, we need to stop this. And guys, you need to stop this. And here's why. And it was a very passioned, well-reasoned argument, not just like a girl power kind mm-hmm. of thing. And someone clearly who works at G4 posted a, oh, you're just as fake as the rest because you abandoned all of us when you started banging somebody who was famous and Ugh. yada, yada, yada. And so it unfolded and she kind of shot back and defended herself, which I told her you shouldn't do your arguments on the internet. It's yeah. pointless. Um, and so long story, even longer, I'm sorry, but it no, gets to okay. the point where it got to the point where, you know, someone just accused her of fucking her way up the social ladder. <laughs> and I'm like, first of all, it sounds like this dude is jealous that he wasn't a rung on that ladder. Um, cause that the whole company tried to sleep with her when she was there as an intern and she didn't to her credit. Mm-hmm. And she held out for someone who could forward her career. Kudos. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Who's like, that guy? that's me. <laughs> I'm happy to be a stop on that ladder. Use me. I'll be one third of your ascent. Hopefully I'm not halfway <laughs> and hopefully I'm not the top, you know, but, but let's go, let's go on a journey. And that was also part of opening up and surrendering was, was always wondering, well, is this because I am this television personality at this network that she you know, dreamed of working at. Mm-hmm. Is that why she's with me? Oh, shit. And so it was untangling this knot of insecurities and Were uncertainties. Were you aware that that was your insecurity? Or is that something that came out in therapy? Uh, a little bit of both. Because I think at first I wasn't concerned. It wasn't mm-hmm. like I was saying, well, this needs to be somebody who I'm going to be with for two years. Right. You know, again, not that I was looking to take advantage of a situation, but I wasn't thinking long term. I just wasn't in the cards. But once it became, oh, this is getting serious and I'm feeling weird things and i'm projecting them onto her what are those where are those coming Mm -hmm. from it was entirely me you know entirely me it was crazy career and personality insecurities manifesting themselves and i was just projecting onto her this this whole i you know you're you might be using me you might be that girl i don't know right you know and it was something that that now it's like it disgusts me to even uh, to verbalize it because it's so not the case Mm -hmm. and even if it were the case well so be it we're having a great time and you know, I, I would also, on the flip side of the coin, I'd be saying, you're not being smart if you don't take advantage of the opportunities I can afford you. You know what I mean? Right. Like, why wouldn't you use relationships mm-hmm. or, or status or something else to help forward your career as well? Right. You should. And I'm happy to do that for her. You know, happy to well, help out. See, it's, if, if I may um, psychoanalyze you from over here on the couch. Please. Uh, it sounds to me like a lot of your identity and sense of self, if not all, I would say, um, is tied up in your career and in what you do, which makes sense though. That you mm-hmm. know, that's how like driven career people. That's how we are. Sure. I'm that way too. And so, therefore, it's like you have this kind of um, uh, like complicated relationship with how she perceives that part of you as well. Like because you are this you know person who's achieved all these things, mm-hmm. you wonder does she only like you because of that? And then you sure. also think, but that should be part of the reason that she Absolutely. likes you because that's who you are, Absolutely. and you want her to see you clearly. Yeah, and so. the and the other side of that is is also interesting because there was a point where I had this crippling fear that I didn't I didn't realize it at the time, but I had this thing of like, well, shit, if this all went away tomorrow, would she still love me? You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. like, you know, on one hand you worry like, oh, is this bitch using me? On the other hand, like, oh, dear God, if I didn't have this, then what right. am I worth? You know, right. and that was incredibly low self-esteem and insecurity. That's where that bubbled out of, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's been really it's been a really fun, invigorating process to go, oh, wait, I don't have to live like that. I don't have to justify myself or pretend that 
this career or this brand I'm trying to build over here or this company defines me whatsoever because for the majority of my life, it didn't. Mm -hmm. It wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And any relationships that are predicated on me being that thing or that person, they're not quality relationships, whether it's her or a, a business relationship with another professional. So fuck it. And that's where I've arrived to over the last you know year or so. And I'm really, oh man, is it a much better place. Do you have uh, moments where you slip back into the old way of thinking? Sure. Yeah, sure, constantly. You know, and I still get I still get really crippling anxiety before every attack of the show, which is really? a, yeah, it's something that I can do with pretty much with my eyes closed. Mm-hmm. I could show up and do it if I needed to, but I still will fret over, oh man, I hope this bit goes a certain way in the A block and with the interview, I really hope I can pull this out and do this and do that, and I'm my own worst enemy on that front. But I, I think some of that is healthy. Some of that keeps me wanting more and driving for more and expecting more you know it's, it's a healthy thing now do you have a favorite part of the process like is it being is it like when you're doing the show and when you're performing mm-hmm. or oh, it's is the it adoration thinking, it's yeah. the feedback i mean I bet it's the intern season right? yeah that's all it is. <laughs> it's those sundresses lined up by the courtyard fountain <laughs> uh no i don't i i i find myself really enjoying every every bit of the process like from writing an email at two in the morning saying oh my god wouldn't it be cool if to mm-hmm. having that become you know, some sort of reality to doing it and then watching that feedback, watching that reaction. Right. I, that's the whole, the whole process is super enjoyable. Cause for me, when we do live shows, um, and even when I used to do my Ustream show, I would always have this, these, this feeling before of like, Oh, I just don't want to do that. I really don't feel like doing this right now. I wish I didn't have to do this. Where was that coming from? I don't know. I think that maybe it, maybe that's how stage fright manifests itself because mm-hmm. I don't experience stage fright. I don't feel nervous. Um, I used to, the, the first television I ever did was live TV and it was very early in the morning on like local NBC. Mm-hmm. And I would sit there um, and I would get a, like a flutter of nerves right beforehand. Um, and then I would kind of talk myself out of, uh, feel I, I just like I talk to myself and I just uh, let me, be like let me pre- let me dive in that like what okay. was that what was that flutter of nerves was it oh I hope I don't flub uh, a I line hope, I hope I, you know. I hope I honestly it was I hope I don't have a panic attack and become unable to complete a thought and lose my it was it was a you know what it was it was a fear of losing my train of thought because mm-hmm. I wasn't using a teleprompter or anything I was talking about events going on in the city and so the host would have a list. And she'd be like, and, you know, what's this one? And then we go to B-roll and then I talk about it and I had it all memorized. And so it would be this fear that I'd just be like, uh. Oh, the thing at the dog park. I don't know. I'm ready to talk about the community car wash. forget about. Like that while I was talking, while my mouth was moving, my head was floating off somewhere else. And I just completely like have this sort of like reality is, is melting. Right. I don't know if that's what it's like for everyone, but that that's always what the fear is. It's like, what if I can't stay in the moment? What if I lose my ability to speak? So you get a flood of that. And you would talk yeah, yourself like a down. flutter. Yeah, and then I just I'd I'd say to myself, um, <laughs> "This is so so hokey," but I'd be like, "Allison, you're a professional. You can do this." And then I'd just sort of tell myself to like, you know, lock lock into um, communicating with the host. Mm-hmm. Like, just look in her eyes, or you know, listen to what she's saying. Like, you're not alone up here, right? Um, or out here, or sitting in this very small little stage. Um, so I would have that, but I don't. Trying to think, but that's like, interesting though. Really that because maybe part of oh, I don't want to do this or I don't want to be there. That avoidance is trying to avoid maybe that rush or yeah. that feeling or something of that nature. Other that, or you just didn't like doing it. That's why I was I wondering did, where but, that was coming. But from. I loved it. That's the thing. Right. That's yeah. the weird thing. Yeah. Is that I? Lo- I mean, 
because I was going to be a writer. I was a writer. I worked at magazines. Um, and for years, like that was my ambition. And for years and years, like that's all, all I did was just, I, I worked at different magazines and newspapers. I wrote, you know, my dream was like Vanity Fair cover story in New Yorker one day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm still a writer, but the minute I started doing television, I was just like, I love this. So that's the weird thing. It, like, despite the fact that it was scary, um, I loved it. And now doing shows, I will have that like, oh, I don't know, I don't feel like doing this. What, what a drag. But then on stage and afterwards, I always feel good. You always feel good. Yeah. Right, yeah. I had, uh, you know, for two years or so in my career when Attack was really starting to take off, offers were really, truly in the rolling in left and right. Oh, <laughs> excuse me. I can't hear you. My phone's ringing and the door is knocking and everybody wants a piece. <laughs> and I, out of mostly out of fear and in those anxieties and insecurities and I want to fail on that front, I was like, no. That was just, everything was a no. It was just a no. I don't, I don't, I'm t- I don't want to be too busy there. Or, oh, no. And I would find, I would come up with amazing reasons why That's nothing could work in my See, career. See, for me, everything is a yes usually and then afterwards I think about it I'm like oh wait a minute I don't know I don't know if I want to do that right you know oh well I recently you know the last year or two started saying yes to a lot mm-hmm. and wow the the proverbial door opens you know and and I found myself in the middle of this lead up event that I threw where there's you know a thousand plus people in club Nokia drinking there's an old school arcade like set up there people are playing games we've got uh you know uh, there's like kiosks and people are doing things. There's people in cosplay and uh, a VJ Mike realm just spun. And I'm sitting on stage for this event that I conceived three months prior. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there and there's giant graphics on this thing. And I'm interviewing Kevin Smith, Chris Hardwick, Doug Benson and Greg Fitzsimmons all at the same time. And I felt miserable. Wow. It was it was incredible. I didn't know the depths of my own issues and anxieties, yeah. but I was literally like the crowd. Like while it was going on, you while felt it was miserable. happening, like I'm asking, literally asking a question to Kevin Smith, and I am having what I've what has been described to me. I've never done it, but as like a ketamine K hole experience where oh, that's I sort supposed of, to be awful. Yeah, I tunneled, <laughs> I tunneled out of my own body, no mm-hmm. joke, and kind of projected myself over the crowd. So I was looking down on the stage, and this was I'm experiencing this. This isn't yeah. like a oh, this would be a cool way of that's it, like, what I'm always afraid of happening. Yeah. Oh, and I'm I'm having I to this stay moment. In my body. Yeah. I'm having this moment. I am in the corner of Club Nokia, Ugh. looking down over a giant audience that is laughing and having a great time. And I, I tripped myself out because I was seeing it from that perspective. I'm like, I'm physically sitting on the stage here. I am talking to Kevin Smith, and the question is coming out of my mouth: What the fuck am I doing in the corner yeah. of this room? And then I sort of just right Good. back into myself. Didn't know what happened. Waited a second, and there was uproarious laughter. And I was like, I really, for a solid 30 seconds, I felt like I would imagine like a fighter getting up and you rubbing his gloves against the ref going like, yeah, I'm good to go, but he mm-hmm. can't quite hear or see straight. Right. Like, I really felt like drunk. I got punched in the fucking face and I had no idea. Like, are they laughing because I totally spaced out or did I say something funny or yeah. did I shit myself? Like, <laughs> close the curtains. If so, yeah, we need the reveal. Right. And it turns out like nobody knew. Not Isn't a single person had a single clue that I was in the corner of Club Nokia crying, yeah. going like, you're a failure. This event is a joke. What is going on? You know, not like shouting that, but really those, that was the manifestation of these feelings. Right. And crazy anxiety. And I'm here. The event is a success already. There are smiling faces, people celebrating. I put this thing together. 
oh my God, I can't believe I could make myself feel terrible about that. Yeah. It's insane. Insane. And did the miserable feeling last the whole show? No, there was there were pockets of it throughout the show. There were also pockets of incredible exhilaration. Mm-hmm. There were pockets of of feeling more proud of myself and my friends and my team than I ever have before. Like it was the highest highs, lowest lows were experienced throughout the night. But I right. have a, a great way of like the one you you'll go through your Twitter timeline and you see the one negative comment nestled in twenty five oh, positive ones. Oh my god! And you even have though, no idea yeah, you're preaching to the choir. Even though we I've, all pretend we got a thick skin and it's I, like ah, no, fuck I, that guy. I don't even pretend. Uh, I really. should pretend that, but yeah. no, I spent like because we did we recorded a show last night, two shows last night, and I spent a chunk of both of them talking about how much the haters are, and it's a very tiny amount of very small it's so small but it's so loud in my head and that's mm-hmm. what i was saying i was like i know that it's almost like a sickness but it's like this shit is sitting i actually feel much better today um because like adam and fred armison kind of gave me different ways of looking at it that make me feel better mm. uh but it just yeah it's just been gnawing away at me yeah. so i know exactly understandably what you mean. Yeah. yeah and so that's what happened throughout the night i'd be like well this one little thing yeah didn't go quite right on and the stage. And you can imagine gra- what they're going to say already. Yeah, and Ugh. and you know, wow, I was I was incredibly wrong. Like when in the in the greatest way. Like the event was, I mean, we're doing it in nine cities now. We're touring it. The reaction was huge and the fans were awesome and it was great, but it was again another thing that I even in this sort of new way of looking about life and and relationships and careers and all this shit, it was something that I almost just said no to. Even three weeks before, right. I mean, we had already pulled the trigger. There were posters up, there were ads for it on like, you know, at Staples Center on the billboard with, you know, my face and lead up and here it is. And I was almost like, guys, we really need to call this off because um, I don't know if we're going to get the t-shirts in time. <laughs> like the tiniest little reason would be like, we need to cancel yeah. this thing. And I'm out promoting it, being like, we're going to have this night. And even in, I look back at some of the promotion, I was so, I was like, well... I hope it doesn't suck. I mean, yeah. What reasons do you use to cancel stuff? I need to borrow some. There's so there are so many. You know, you just you don't have the you don't have the energy to that the, the the project requires mm-hmm. of you to commit because you want to take it seriously. Right. You just don't have the time or the energy to really commit to it right now. That's a good one. Okay. That's a really good one. Okay. Um, Even yeah. if you've already said yes. Uh oh! Wow. Well, what kind of event are we talking? I'm just talking hypothetical. Let's not I'm talk. Just let's, imagining... let's get an event that you wanted to get out of and didn't know how. Um. There's actually nothing I can think of off the top of my head. I just know that they pop up all the time. Ah. Well, don't. I mean, do it. Stick in it. Costume ball? Oh, I got out of that. How'd you get out of a costume ball? That actually, I (laughs) I, I wanted to get out of it, and then legitimately I had a... See, this is like going into the whole medical thing again, which, oh, I, yeah, I, yeah. which is like the, we all have to take shots if I talk about it. Um, but it was. Uh, well, then there you medical leave. Yeah, is medical like the, leave. that was That's like it. a genuine yeah. thing. Be like, listen, I'm uh, just say explain that like the clinic has very few hours that you can get in on <laughs> and you made an oopsie. You know, and you got to get in there and take care of it. And like they get that. They understand. You're right. I should use that more <laughs> often. That was that was one of my rejected. Um, rebrand ideas for attack of the show when we were relaunching it and they were like we, we need a billboard with everybody's faces <laughs> on it i'm like what the fuck cares about a face who's gonna see a face on a billboard and go well that's a show i want a dvr oh well what do you got in mind smarty pants i was like well first of all if we're gonna do shots we need to go to like sears portrait studio and dress up like babies in front of all the backgrounds <laughs> and have that be like our show headshots second of all the promo image needs to be me coming out of like a planned parenthood clinic with my new co-host who's got tears on her face and I'm smiling and thumbs upping. You know, like, <laughs> we need to send a message that there's an attitude with the show or whatever. It ended up being faces. So, And how did that work, that though? Uh, you know, actually, the I mean, ratings went up. 
But I think that anytime you raise awareness for something, ratings go right. up. I feel like it, it could have been a little cooler of a campaign or maybe a little more controversial, but you're ahead of your everybody time. Everybody does what they can. Yeah. I'm telling you, abortion jokes are coming back. They're coming back. <laughs> I'm taking time. them back. That's right. <laughs> well, Kevin, this has been so delightful. And Thank I've you. said the word delightful too many times in this podcast. Well, it's how I would describe it. It was delightful. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for letting me yammer on about myself and my relationships. Uh, thank you for yammering on and sharing about yourself and your relationships. Oh, Topic Sombrero. If you ever got divorced, would you date a person who has never been married or another divorced person? Is that, or do you think they're asking one or the other? If you ever, I don't know what happened. I feel like I just, this was like the inception of fortunes. Yeah. If you ever got divorced, would you date a person who has never been married or another divorced person? So, all right. right. I think it's like, which, which would be your preference? Right. Um, I kind of think another divorced person might be good. Because it's sort of like that thing where um, you meet someone who has never done any drug ever or had any sort of drink ever. Mm-hmm. And frame it, of reference. It's like having a frame yeah, of reference. Yeah, exactly. For this. We know how this, this dance goes. Right. And if <laughs> you don't. And even if you're someone who doesn't drink or do drugs anymore, then I feel like that's just a weird pairing because, yeah, exactly. You don't have the same frame of reference mm-hmm. and different things in your, in your lives have brought you to different places. Um, or maybe some things in your life has brought you to somewhere and this person hasn't experienced that and maybe will someday or whatever, for whatever sure. reason, has made all these decisions that are very different than the ones you made. Um, but then again, I don't know that I would say having never been married is the same as choosing to not try any drug or drink alcohol or anything. But still, I just feel like, yeah, I think I think you said it. I'm just I'm expanding on what you. I'm I'm actually just spinning in place on what you said. No frame of reference, but but I th- yeah, and I think I, I was going to dismiss this immediately as the worst thing in the sombrero. But now I was thinking about it. I'm like, oh, you well, haven't seen the other things. Okay, well, good. Then I, <laughs> I shouldn't be so quick to judge that sombrero. You were wrapping up. I'm sorry. I, no, no, should, no, it's okay. Well, I would like to know your answer well, to this question. I don't. I'm going to spitball it because I'm just now thinking about okay. it for the first time. But you were talking about frame of reference, and I go, yeah, yeah of course you'd want somebody who's been through that before. But then I think. The other side to that, playing devil's advocate, might be, look, I've let's say it's a train. Divorce is a train, right? I've been hit by this train, mm-hmm. uh, so I'm, I'm going to be very careful about it. And you don't even know what it's like to see a choo-choo train. You've never been on one. You don't know. You don't even know what railroad tracks are. I Sweetheart, don't. you're so young, so uh, innocent, yeah. so sweet, mm-hmm. so delightful. <laughs> Thank you. So I would go, well, wait a minute. I can hear that train coming, and I know what the rumbling of the track feels like. Well, maybe that's not a plus in a relationship, though. Maybe it's actually not because maybe then you'll you'll go, oh, th- you'll hear that rumbling and maybe you can avoid the tracks altogether, you know, but maybe that other person not knowing that, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you'll uh, no, you don't know what I'm saying because I haven't made a point yet. The thing I, is, I'm like, trying to know if you if you know that trains are coming, that train of divorce, you might you might project that it's coming. You might look into the future and go, oh, we're having this argument right now about dish towels, oh, but this isn't about fucking dish towels. Right. This is about, oh, I hear that train are coming. So you might yeah. be more apt to. Focus on a. Ne- I don't know. I don't know. I know. I know plenty of divorced people have gotten remarried and have successful, mm-hmm. healthy, happy relationships. At least outwardly that I can see. I yeah. also know tons of divorced people who say never remarry. It's the worst thing ever. Right. Ever. Let my four divorces prove that. You know. So I. I think it's a case by case basis. But for me, I, I could see both sides of the coin. I'll just never get married. You know what I think it is. I think. It doesn't matter. Ultimately, the more I that's, think about yeah, it, the more it. I think about it, it just that's has. Why to, it's a fucking. I'm throwing yeah. it back in the hat. It just should. What a horrible question. Let's put it back in here. I want someone else else to grab it. Yeah. Um, I think that it should just be about the person and how you connect with that person. And if you, if the divorce to you, 
uh, means to you that you are not that good at picking people, then that's something to work on uh, because maybe you need to sort of check out your antenna and see what it is that you're Mm -hmm. attracted to. And if there's, you know, I'm a big proponent of if you have identified a pattern in your dating history, like that's important. Right. If you want to change something. Right. Um, So, you know, or maybe that's not what the divorce means. Maybe it just means that two people, you know, you want it to work out and it just didn't work out. Yeah, she's crazy. It, it could it. be that. It's yeah. always that. It's always It that. could be and she's it is crazy. that. <laughs> it's always the woman's fault and it's always because she's crazy. That's it. Exactly. Well, you know? So there you go. That's all you need to know. That's it. Yeah. So um, thank you, Kevin. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Gary. <laughs> thank you, listeners. Gary, Anchorman 2 comes out soon. Yeah. That's yeah, right. Anchorman 2. Um, and you know what you should do? I will tell you. You should click the Amazon banner on my site if you want to go to Amazon and buy something because you're going to buy something on Amazon. I know you're going to. Everyone does. Do it all the time. I'm doing it right now. That's right. Well, if you click through the banner on my site, then a few dollars come the way of this show, and that allows us to keep buying sombreros. If I could buy a Gamefly subscription through Amazon, I'd fucking do both of them through your site. Ugh, I That's love That's all I'm going to do. I'm changing my homepage Thank right you. now. And there's other sponsors on uh, my site as well. So you can get to my site on alisonrosen.com. And if you have enjoyed this show, please consider, don't consider, just do it. Give it a five-star rating on iTunes and tell a friend and ask your friend to tell a friend and subscribe your friend as a favor to them (laughs) that's a surprise to them. Uh, because the iTunes rankings, no one quite understands how the hell those charts work, but it's some sort of like algorithm of a lot of ratings and a lot of wonderful comments. So please rate and comment it up, folks. I read all of it and I love it. Um, you can follow Kevin on Twitter at K Pereira. Spell that for them. K P E R E I R A. You can follow. Yes. And you can follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. You can follow the show's Twitter feed at A R I Y N B F. It's not Arian Boyfriend. It is Allison Rosen, your new best friend. You can follow Gary on Twitter at G Patrick Smith. Um, and you can watch Attack of the Show 7 p.m. Eastern weeknights on G4. Anything else you want to plug? Uh, enter the playlist. Check it out if you like music. Even if you don't, fucking go look at it, please. I love it. It's a labor of love. And leadup.com mm-hmm. is my live event. That's it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for listening, you guys. I will be talking to you next week. Bye. Can I go shit bye. behind that curtain? Please do. Okay. Bye. This is where we just like go bye. <laughs> or take a crap on the couch behind the curtain. Bye, everyone. I was trying to muster it up.
listening to the Ace Broadcasting Network.